We have a Mike, we have a Brian, and we have a Drew. This is the pocket six, right? That's the model. Yeah, it is. Okay. I'm the perfect sir. Pretty sure about that, but doesn't hurt to check. Well, it sometimes does in hockey. Yeah, that's true. Is that? Yeah, that's when you like bump up against somebody, right? Mm -hmm. That's checking. I think so. Okay. So if anybody ever says never hurts to check, they're lying. In some instances, it hurts to check. Yes, indeed. I actually, I would say it hurts to be checked. I don't know if it hurts to oh, check. Oh, oh, look at you mm. throwing one back at me. That's right. Yeah. Semantics. Uh, Semantics for the win. All right. Speaking of. I'll. You ready? Ob objection sustained. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm nice. ready. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Welcome everybody to episode number 93 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I am Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are gonna be talking about the lack of orange ink options and why that would be sort of a mini deep dive that I uncovered. So we'll see right off the bat. Um, we're gonna be showing you Drew's pen collection. We got a question about whether you should or shouldn't remove the stickers off your pilot pens. And we may have a little bit of a, a little bit of a conversation about that. Cause I think we think we may feel different about it. Um, mm. We're gonna talk about what we would name each other's autobiographies if we had to choose the titles, it's an interesting question. Never been asked that one. Um, we're gonna be asked, we were asked what we think about Waterman pens and ink. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we're gonna spotlight the Shown Pocket 6. So yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm excited. All right, let's start it off with some feedback. All right, we're gonna start off this week's feedback with a personal attack on yours truly. <laughs> this is from Liam. It's always a good way to start. Right? <laughs> Liam says, Drew, young man, you're in trouble. I've always hated brown. It's the color of poop, of dead grass, of those horrible corduroy <laughs> pants mother made me wear as a child in the 70s. Mm. Now, because of you and your enthusiasm, I have a bottle each of platinum brune sepia, Noodler's Rome burning, golden brown and walnut, and diamine raw sienna. Mm. Samples of the above, as well as numerous others. I think I'm addicted to brown now. Wow. But seriously, I am really enjoying the Rome burning. Hopefully one day I can get my two Grail pens from Goulet as you are the only place that has them. Well, Liam, you're welcome. Thank you. And I'm sorry, I guess. Are you sorry though? No. I mean, I your, whole, your whole thing is you love talking about the things you love to get other people excited about them, right? I mean, nothing bad happens when you talk about the things you love unless you love really dumb things. So I don't though. Everything I love is mm -hmm. awesome. So everybody mm -hmm. should hear about it. Sure. Let's go with that. Let's go with it. Um, <laughs> all right. David Cool says, mm. I feel like lasagna is kind of like a spaghetti loaf. Mm. And who doesn't like lasagna? Last week, I asserted mm. that everything is better, food-wise anyway, in loaf form. And uh, you didn't disagree with me. And then I mentioned spaghetti loaf, and you're like, ooh, spaghetti loaf sounds good. That's but uh, David Cool was like, dude, spaghetti loaf's kind of already a thing. I mean, it tastes the same as spaghetti. It is pasta, but yeah. there's like there's different stuff going on. You don't have like ricotta and stuff like that. You don't have to spaghetti. have ricotta in lasagna. 
I don't know about that. You don't have to. Can you just make whatever you want and call it lasagna? Yeah, as long as it's got as long as it's got lasagna noodles, and you cut it out into a mm. cube, that's mm. lasagna. Mm. Absolutely. I don't know. Oh sure, there's tons of there's tons uh-huh. of ricottaless lasagna recipes out there. I'm sure there are. There's people that don't like ricotta. Oh for but. sure. I don't. I don't love ricotta. I like really? a, I like a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but over the years, I've become more and more averse to manicotti and stuffed shells. It's just so much. It's so much ricotta, man. It's just well, it's when I, when I when I cut into a stuffed shell and it just like explodes with ricotta, like that's just yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I, I do, I do like it still. Now, now ricotta. I like in, tortellini. Tortellini yeah, is a yeah. good tortellini, ratio. Ravioli's fine, yeah. but there's a limit where it's just like, like a mm. cheese grenade in your mouth. It's just TMR. Too much ricotta. And then speaking of loaf, Jessica Yeo ninety seven says, "Drew, the best kind of loaf equals a corgi." Jessica, of course, I agree with you. Uh, Jessica then says, please share a picture of your lovely pup. Jessica, I have three lovely corgi pups, and I will take you up on that because every dog owner loves showing pictures of their dogs. So here, boom, corgis, Ollie, Dinah, Hank. Not Ollie. Ollie's dead. Love Ollie. (laughs) Felix, Dinah, Hank. Ollie's with you in spirit. Yes, he has crossed the Rainbow Bridge, but we still love him. Um, I say Ollie and Dinah together all the time. It's just... Is that way for like yeah. a decade, right? Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, Hienvild, I'm going to just say that, says, you should get an exclusive Droulet Cross Namiki Makie toothbrush. Wow. Droulet Namiki Makie toothbrush. stepping it up a bit. Let's just go for that, Brian. Why not? It, I mean, that, you know, I feel like... I don't know if Namiki would agree to do it, but in concept, that is something that could be Yerushi. Yeah, you can Yerushi anything. In fact, I think I think that pens are not one of the primary things that they actually Makie. It's like a fraction of it. Usually it's like dishware and boxes and trays and furniture and stuff like I that. I believe that Namiki... Oh, sorry, Namiki handled... Yerushi handled brushes are actually used in the um, process of, I mean, you know, all that, right? Why not, yeah. right? It would totally make sense for that to happen. But um, this this is funny. The reason I put this on here was because uh, sometimes I um, sort the YouTube comments by like which ones are the most liked. Mm-hmm. This one was the most liked <laughs> for some reason. I'm like, okay, I don't mean? disagree with you. Driving think, on the toothbrush, yeah, I guess. All right, Machia toothbrush. Yeah, that's, why that's, not? That's an idea. Yeah. All right, I got a little bit of feedback as well from Gabe. Hi, guys. Been listening to the Pencast from episode one ever since I got into the hobby. Wow. Oh. And just now with episode 91, have finally caught up to the presents. Dang, that is a, a couple lot of, of time. That's a lot of You've nonsense. spent just as much time with the Pencast as we have at this point. <laughs> Pretty much, How about yeah. that? We're all in the same playing field now. Um, Gabe said, I've gone from listening at first to just learn what was going on in the fountain pen world. To listening just out of enjoyment and for ideas for what else to spend money on. I'm looking forward to needing to look forward to the latest episodes. I'm looking forward to needing to look forward to the latest episodes. Yeah, I read that right. Okay. I. That's awesome, Gabe. We look forward to this too, Gabe. See, we're trying to just build enough of a foundation that our voices are so familiar to you that it just feels comforting. And then we can just literally talk about anything. There we go. enjoy it. Maybe we'll yeah. get into that place. If you Is listen that- to all 91, 90, well, t- this is the 93rd episode, but if you it, listen to all of them at this point, is yeah, that kind of like, like Stockholm you're... syndrome? Like mental Stockholm syndrome, maybe? 
parasocial Stockholm. <laughs> parasocial <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Wow. Uh, well, they're choosing, you know, they're choosing yeah, that's to, true. to do that's it. True. I don't know. There's probably some, there's, there's probably a, just a swirl of psychological happenings around this whole thing that's yeah, going on. Who so knows? Regardless, know what, we're here for it. you. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Gabe. And I think you're in good company. Uh, Dave Goodridge, 8352, says, Your conversation of eyedropper pens reminded me of my regrettable experience with eyedropper pens. I didn't want to use one of my better pens in this endeavor, so I grabbed a Pilot Kakuno. Uh-oh. Those don't eyedropper. This is going. It's got holes in the back of it. Okay. Um, I pulled the cartridge out, cleaned and flushed the pen. I had silicon grease ready, ink syringe full of Bay State Blue ready. Ooh, that's that's a very that's a very um, stainy ink mm. to test out on your eyedropper. Uh, as I attempted to fill the Kakuno body with Bay State, uh, ended up or ended as soon as I felt ink running down the back of my hand, dripping into the sink. Of all the pens to use, I chose the one with two holes in the end of it. What a mess. No more eyedroppers for me. So, Dave, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your experience here. Um, I can definitely say I've I've tried filling pens before that have had holes in them or that, like, I assume the trim... Like the, I don't know, like the the whatever finial like ring or whatever was was like watertight totally wasn't and had things happen. You're you're in good company. Yeah. But a um, couple things to say there. One is if ever you're looking to eyedropper a pen you've never eyedroppered before, just try it with water first. That way, if it does leak, it doesn't make a big mess. Um, but also, do you know why the Kakuno has holes in the back of it? No, is this a Dad joke that I'm walking into. No, it's not a joke. I'm afraid. No, of I'm you. not. I'm just. It's not a joke. All I'm right. Dead serious here. Um, I trust you, Phyllis. So, I believe because in I don't I don't know that in the U.S. that it's marketed as like a children's pen, um, but I'm pretty sure that it is in Japan. So, for any pen that is like kind of marketed or geared towards children, they have to put holes in the back. That way, if the child swallows the pen, it doesn't fully block their the whole airway. barrel. I, or caps or whatever like i guess it's happened enough oh. so if there are any pens that are like you know at least geared towards marketing to children or can be viewed that way they, they require those holes in the back oh. so if you look at any of the pens that are you know kind of in that in that realm um i think you'll find that so i know that's the case with um some of the pelican pens like the pelicano junior i think maybe is like that and there's various other ones but yeah if you look at you know, especially any products that are geared towards children, like especially like school supplies and stuff like that, you'll see that a lot of them have holes in the caps of the pens. Didn't so, know that. I don't notice that common for the body of the pen, like on a ballpoint or whatever, but the caps, yeah, they always have a hole. How about that? Because kids swallow things. Uh, we also have on our website um, whether or not a fountain pen is able to be successfully and safely eyedropperable. Yes, without having to modify it, I guess is the way to say it. Or, or, Without having to like glue it or change something permanently about it. alter, yeah. Any 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 eyedropper pen is somewhat of a modification, right? So you know we need to nuance nuance that definition a little bit. But anyway, yes, eyedroppers are not for everybody. But you've learned something. You've learned something, Dave. But yeah, don't don't eyedropper your Kakuno. It won't work. <laughs> or your Pilot Explorer. Even if Brian tells you that they're eyedropperable. They are eyedropperable. No, they're not. What are you talking about? Pilot Explorer is not eyedropperable. You what? told me it was, and I tried it, and it's I not. Tried it. 
It's not. Maybe it's not reliably eyedropperable. It's definitely not. What I think was the issue? Where did it leak? It poured out of the back. What? Yeah, man. It got all over my hand. We talked about this. I showed you a picture. Yeah, I feel like I'm remembering this. But I definitely eyedroppered mine, and it was totally Actually, fine. No, I took a video and put it on the pen cast. Okay. That's fair. But for sure, I eyedroppered mine, and it was fine. So mm-hmm. I don't know to tell you. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing with your pens mm-hmm. where it's not working, mm-hmm. but, you know... My magic thumbs. I just like rubbed it and it just sealed itself, I Get guess. Get out of here. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's what we got for feedback. Uh, let's talk about some new stuff. All right, Drew. First thing I'm going to talk about is something that we don't actually have that's anymore. Helpful. Yeah, always helpful. You know, something new, kind of pricey, <clears throat> limited quantity, sells out by the time we do the pen casts. But if anybody, what people come here if for. anybody has <laughs> one, they might appreciate this information. Yeah, we didn't get very many of these at all, but... I did keep one just so that we could have it for reference. You tested it a bit. Our team tested it. So this is the Platinum Chukuro Black. So this is a 60 milliliter bottle of black ink. And this is touted as the blackest black ink that has ever blacked. And it's pretty darn black. How much more black can it get? Uh, the answer is none. None more black. I feel like that's a reference, but I don't it's know. From it's from Spinal Tap. 1984. Have, I have seen that, but it's been a while. Good stuff. Turn it up to 11. I know that's from Final Tap. It is. It is. Uh, anyway, this this bottle of ink is expensive. $60. That's and the most expensive bottle of ink I've ever heard of. It's not the most expensive I've ever heard of. Well, I mean, like. It's the most expensive we've ever sold. Yeah. I think like Louis Vuitton or somebody oh, had a bottle of ink that was. Pish posh. Yeah. That might have been like 60 or 80 bucks as well. But it was nothing. It was nothing special. Yeah, it was just I mean, the brand. Like, normally ink brands. Yeah. Anyway. So this is a. It's a very pigmented ink so it's basically like the platinum you know pigmented black the the i want to say kiraguro but that's sailor isn't it that's yeah you're carbon black carbon Carbon black Black. it's like carbon black went super saiyan yes there you go (laughs) turn carbon black up to 11 Uh, and uh you get the chokuro now the thing that was a little bit confusing about this and that some people may have questions first off like why is it sixty dollars? It's just like whatever the black thing, whatever magic that they you, black magic, huh? That they work to make the thing this dark um, is probably just really expensive. But um, you know, at least the initial batch that we got here also comes with like you know special. I guess it's some sort of like distilled water or whatever, just water with nothing in it. You know, no minerals or anything. Some sort of clean and juice. Clean and juice. Yeah, the whole bottle it says like cleaning solution or something like that, and then everything else is in Japanese. So I tried to like use Google Translate with my phone to see what it was. And it it was mostly readable, but it definitely said things about like, don't store it near a swamp and things like that or near anything with That's others. where I keep all of my pens. <laughs> it was, it was, some of the translation was a little funky, but. All right. Um, but anyway, but Drew, you tested it out. It seemed I did, okay. I did. It you wrote, cleaned it, it with normal water and it seemed I, okay. I did. It's a, I, we were told early when we first heard about this that yeah. tap water was not recommended. Because um, of the so minerals like in the tap water? Could something like that, something? yeah. So I yeah. left it in a Twisby Eco over the weekend, so uh, about three and a half days, and mm. came back on Monday, rinsed it with tap water, and it cleaned out just fine. Okay. So nothing destructive happened, but the Twisby Eco has a really good seal on it. So yeah. theoretically, you know, that's, you know, going to be on the better side of cleaning things. Yeah. Uh, I did dip test it with a glass pen, though, and that did leave a significant amount of residue behind within the channels of the glass pen yeah. tip that I was able to use a toothbrush and brush out with mm-hmm. not a lot of effort, but you know, the paper towel just wasn't getting in there enough, yeah, you and the water wasn't the touching nooks it. and crannies. So I suppose there will probably be some residual pigment, which just kind of looks like a like a dust 
you know, leftover mm -hmm. um, or a powder that uh, is a physical pigment. So yeah. it is more challenging to wash away something physical, but if you can get something in there like a brush, you should be able to get it out fairly yeah. easily. Yeah, so we're still kind of testing this out. Again, this was kind of new to us and, you know, everybody was kind of releasing it and we knew it was limited anyway. So we, we tested it enough that we felt comfortable, you know, selling what we had, but we're definitely gonna test it some more. We're gonna try, <laughs> putting them in some of my pens and just leaving them be, letting them dry the heck out and see how it goes. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's it's black, it's very black. But is it black enough to be worth the price and the trouble? Not for everybody, I would say. It's kind of like eyedroppering a pen. It's like, if you really want the specific you know use that this ink will get you, it'll totally be worth it for you. But for the average person who just wants a dark ink, I think there's plenty of other black inks that are less yeah. maintenance to it, worry it's, about. It's, it's more black than carbon black, but not, by the same ratio of the price difference. Yeah, it's a law of diminishing returns, yeah. right? To get a, that little bit more black, you pay a, a significant more cost. Yeah. And more maintenance. A little bit of black, a lot of bit of money. Anyway, but it is interesting. I'm curious to see once this ink gets into more people's hands, what they're able to do with it and some of the, like the limit pushing features of stuff that just, you know, use cases we don't have. Like, I, mean, I imagine it's going to be popular in like the art world, like sketching and drawing and stuff yeah. like that, because it's going to do what carbon black does, but better. And then the other thing we got is a platinum, another platinum, Curidas fountain pen gift sets. These are the matte Curidases. Matthew. Which, but they, yeah, matte with an E. Oh, oh, not yeah, Matthew. not Matthew. Okay. I mean, you could, you could, you could shorten it to matte with an yeah. E. Why not? Okay. Um, we got red, blue, and black. And the black is kind of like a grayish yeah. black too, like a smoky yeah. black. Smoke. But they feel really cool. Like it's still. Very it's, soft. It's still resin. Yeah. It feels kind of rubbery. You know what I mean? Kind of mm -hmm. like the like the grip on a, a Lamy Studio stainless steel. You know that like rubbery kind of grip. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Didn't we have a bit. pen kind of recently that we were using like a rubbery? We literally said pen? like the grip on a studio. I think the um, was it the Zeolite or the yeah the the, the new finish on the, yeah. the miter? It was. It, it was, feels kind of like that. Yeah, but or it's, the out. What did we call it? It wasn't called the Zeolite. It was, it was the material Zeolite, but it was called the Niter right. something else. Yeah, it was some pen that came out that had that. But the material was the yeah, Zeolite. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it feels kind of like rubbery a little bit like that. But, you know, except that that pen I think was metal, and so it like was heavier. But this is still the same resin, Kyrados. So anyway, but we got that. Um, it comes packaged with a 20 mil bottle of ink. So that's kind of cool. Um, $120 for that pen. You know, retractable nib, stainless steel nib. Um, but if you like the Kyrados, that general format, I think this is a worth a look. Um, and then I forgot to mention, but for the Chaokuro Black, I don't know when we're getting restocked on that. When we do restock it, it's not going to be the full like kit. It's just going to be just the bottle. And I, I don't have a date for it, but I think it's going to be a couple of months. So sign up for the email notification list and we'll let you know when it comes in because you don't want to keep checking the website every week for it. It's gonna, probably going to be a while. Yeah. All right, Drew, what about you? Uh, well, Brian, do you remember how we had all of those fun specialty nib grinds done by nib specialists on the Esterbrook Botanical Gardens SD? I do remember this. Well, we've got them available now in another pen. hey -o. Uh, Which is my favorite Esterbrook SD material by far. Yeah. And I kind of wish this didn't happen because now it's in my face again and I want to buy this pen mm. and I don't need to buy it, but I'm going to do it. The Nouveau Blue SD, which mm. is a gorgeous, 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 gorgeous resin. And I love it. And I Do you like it. this resin? 
No, not at all. Okay. Uh, what makes you think that? So the journaler nib, the scribe nib, the needlepoint nib, and the techo nib are also available on the Nouveau Blue SD now at 229 a pop for the specialty nibs. The uh, regular boring sad nothing nibs are going to be 175.50, but you don't want those, do you? The nothing nibs. No, you don't want those. <laughs> Why not to have some fun? If you're already spending $175, go up to 229 get yourself a fun nib. That has been hand-tuned by a master craftsperson. Just it's pretty phenomenal. Cool. And not only do you get a fun actual grind that's going to give you a unique performance on the page, but it's going to flow really well because you've got these experts making sure that everything is adjusted and optimized, yeah. not only for you know shape and pattern of the stroke on the page, but for flow and just and overall consistency. And props to Estabrook too. They, I don't, I don't, you know, not to get too much into the weeds here, but like if you look at the price, the jump in price to get the specialty nibs. That's basically what you pay from the nib grind, yeah, grinder to get bad. it. They're not, I don't think they're probably making any additional money they should from be, these grinds. They should be $100 more. They really should. Yeah. So they're 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 going through the extra work of offering these specialty nibs, I think, because they're just enthusiasts. They want to support these nib, these nib, nib grinders. And um, it's just cool to be able to offer them. So that is pretty cool. So if you're like on the fence about it, I mean, it's, it's cool. You're supporting, you know, people in the pen community and uh, you get a cool pen out of it. So for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to need one of those. Um, previously, they were only available in the Botanical Gardens, though. So that's still there, but now we've mm -hmm. got, we can mix it up. And uh, last week, I mentioned that we've got two new stickers. Um, one, the, the, the two dragon stickers, the Grail Pen Dragon and the Pen Horde Dragon. Well, those are being joined by Nub and Fred, who I mentioned last week, but we didn't have those stickers in. But we have all three of them in now, available to buy five bucks a piece, all three done by Mary Nye, who is uh, Max and Draws on Instagram. She's super talented. They are adorable stickers, and we're excited to have those. So you can pick those up. You might also see a miniature version free in an order if you wanted to place an order and just roll the dice and see what you get. And there might be another sticker coming that is a mm. reference to something that I've talked about quite a few times that mm. may or may not involve my favorite dog. So stay tuned for that. Um, working, working on a little something-something. Mm. Mm. Just a little teaser. You're just dropping a, dropping a little tease. Corgi Kaiju. Um, how about some Q&A? Let's do it. All right, Drew. I'm going gonna to ask you something, Brian. Kick us off, okay. Yeah, we're going to kick things yeah, off. you're going to ask me a bunch of questions here. Well, Brandon is going to kick us off Brandon. because Brandon... Brandon's got questions. He's got a very specific question. <laughs> Brandon says, when I look for an orange ink, they all seem to be, well, orange. There is nowhere near, sense. I know, right? Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> There's nowhere near the variety in oranges as there are in other colors. My Seinfeldian question for you is, what's the deal with orange inks? Oh, I'm can so you, glad you did the voice. Can you Thank talk you. about some that are different from the others or maybe explain why there is so little variety? Mm. What would you suggest for someone who's looking for an orange that stands out from the others? <clears throat> Full disclosure, I've tried Noodler's Southwest Sunset, which is our most popular orange. Yeah. And Brandon says, meh. Meh? I would personally like something more that. vibrant and bold if that even exists. Thanks mm. for all that you do. I can't wait for episode 100. I'm assuming it will be a musical spectacular. You are correct. Musical spectacular? I don't know about that. I got a Christmas time for me. <laughs> do you have musical? Like, I've heard you like sing. No, you haven't. Sometimes before. No. I feel like I've heard you sing. You shouldn't have. Maybe I in my didn't mind. didn't think anybody was around. Mm. No one should have heard that. No, I sing terribly. Every okay. time we sing Archer a bedtime song, I can just feel Shannon's judgment. As, well, a, as a professional singer, I'm like, course, I'm just, yeah. 
like, oh my God, she must think I'm just garbage. Well, you're not a real musician unless you're constantly judging others' musical ability. Everything you hear, <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> gift and a curse. She's never said anything. I'm sure she doesn't actually think that. It's a pretty low bar. That's all right. Um, okay. So there's a lot of questions here. First off, I'm, I appreciate the Seinfeldian reference there. That's that's nice. Um, I, th- I think you're right. I think this is true for most orange inks. Also for yellows. And maybe a couple other colors, but like oranges and yellows especially. I feel like there's a limited range of available colors and a limited range of, quite frankly, usable colors. Yeah. Um, You know, the limitations on the range of colors, I think, is like what is readable, basically, with both of these. And it's probably more like the yellow component of it, right? Because the more yellow you remove out of your orange, the more readable and like kind of useful it is. So when you get into like the brownish oranges or like heavy red oranges... Those are much more readable, but if you go too yellow, it starts to kind of like you can't read it so much. And I found that to be the case with looking for a good yellow too because yeah. I wanted a true yellow, not an orange, but mm-hmm. you have to have it be a little orange for the yellow to be readable. Or go go like yellow brown, you know, yeah. like a sepia type of a color. Yeah. And then it's like borderline, like is this even really yellow? Yeah, so, so orange the, might the just have like a really narrow – they um, do. Yeah. It's kind of a narrow window. And I I, I looked, you know, because it's like it's been a little while since I've like looked thoroughly on the site for oranges specifically. Um, so I, I dove into that a little bit. I will say this question sent me on a little bit of a deep dive. A little bit of a deep dive. I won't get fully into it because I I like felt like I'm so I'm I'm watching some like interview stuff on YouTube with Alex Honnold, the guy, the free solo climber who was in the movie Free Solo. He's a Free soloed El Capitan. I just know the guy who lost his arm in the no. James so this Franco guy, we, he used no ropes and he climbed up a three thousand foot sheer granite cliff. That's awesome and insane. First person to do it, and they recorded it on video in his whole process for preparing for it. He's very famous now. Um, but anyway, so literally like watching his stuff. So I'm thinking about where did I even get onto this topic? I don't remember how I got here. Oh, the deep dive thing. I feel like I'm like hanging on to this topic with like my fingertips. And then when I started to research it, I just like plummeted down into the crevasse. Assuming that didn't happen in his so, movie. No, he did not. He survived. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Spoiler. Those of you who've seen Free Solo. <laughs> now I'm not going to watch it. Spoiler. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry if you were hoping to see someone plummet <laughs> to their death in real life. It didn't happen. Um, anyway, so um, I went very deep down this rabbit hole and I so quickly was in over my head with like chemistry and science and stuff like that, that I was like, I can't even try to summarize this for the pen cast. So anyway, he's just saying, what's the, what are some exciting oranges? No, but he asked, can you talk about some of the difference and like explain why there's so little variety? Oh, okay. So that got me into like, what is orange ink actually made of? And then that's where I went down oh, the, wow. deep down the rabbit hole. I thought this was a safe one. And I guess I had like the platinum ink in my mind. So I was thinking about pigment and all this kind of stuff. And so just like it sent me down a rabbit hole that was so deep so fast. I just was got Sounds scared. like you're going down a rabbit hole about going down a rabbit hole right now. I'm going down a, a <laughs> rabbit hole inception here. Anyway, back to my, back to my notes. Okay. So um, my question, I don't, I don't really have the best answers for you here, Brandon. I'll just obviously, that's why I'm floundering. But <laughs> I think there's probably some limitation within the dye components yeah. that that are part of it. I think some of it is like just the color spectrum when you get up into the yellows, especially when it's on like white paper or ivory paper. It's just not enough contrast to really be able to read it. I think that's part of where the limitation is. They could maybe expand the spectrum, but it would be unusable, like highlighter ink looking kind of stuff. So it's not anything that anybody would use. So they just only bother making it. Um, 
And I will say historically, when we've had like really bright yellow or orange colors, nobody buys it because it's unreadable. Um, so, but I think maybe even within the dye components themselves, there might be some limitations on what's even possible to be made. And I say that with a question mark in my voice, because as I started to research, like, what are the components of an orange ink? I just literally Googled that and I found this very comprehensive site from Rice University in Texas, their chemistry department, that had this huge article about pigments and dyes. And it literally goes into like the origin of color and gets down to like the molecular level about different like minerals and components and how they make up color and all that kind of stuff. So I, I fell off the cliff there. It was way too deep, but chemistry is complicated. Give me an appreciation for ink and what it takes. Um, but, you know, to kind of summarize it, you know, hashtag it's complicated, right? Um, but I looked on our site, right? So, and I found that we have 33 different orange inks out of the 800 plus inks that we have. It's 33. Seems kind of underrepresented, right? Yeah. You know, just as an example, like Dye Mine, which has 154 colors, I think, at the moment, has, has the most orange inks at nine. So nine out of their 154. So it's like, I don't know if that feels appropriate. It feels a little light, but I'm not sure. Um, Sailor, that's the that's the brand we currently have that has the most colors. Um, yeah, so Sailor brand has 166 different inks. Four are oranges. Ooh. Very, feels, feels underrepresented there. Um, so anyway, I found that there are, of all the inks that we kind of, the orange inks, I looked at our site, that we have, some of them lean more like pink and coral, like Ink Studio 173. Is that what you're thinking there, there, there's, there's an orangey coral that has a really cool chroma shading aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be it. Th that's probably okay. it. Okay. I was going to look it up just now, but, but yeah, it does have a little it, pink. It straddles... Yeah, what you, what you could argue, arguably consider to be an orange ink. Yeah, it does. Like it's really more of a pink or coral. Yeah, Brandon wants something really it. vibrant too. And I, yeah, I, so that one doesn't quite hit it, right? Yeah, so none, like none of the ink what, studios are really. As, as I was punchy. looking at and see, as I was looking at the spectrum of orange inks that we have, you know, probably like maybe a quarter of them kind of lean this like corally kind of pinky yeah. thing, mm -hmm. and we have them classified under orange because there is orange in there, and it does make it easier to search. But I don't know if I would call them like true oranges. Um, and then I found there's another group of oranges that are leaning brown. So you get like Dye Mine Autumn Oak as an example. Yeah. You know, that is a heavy brown influence. Those are those honestly tend to be the more popular oranges, the ones that lean brown for us. Mm -hmm. um, I think because it's just more contrast, people can read it more. Um, but I, you know, I didn't ex count every single one and whatever. But if I had to estimate, I'd say we probably have like 15 to 20 like true orange inks on our site it's just not that many out of in the grand scheme of things so like what i'm what the, i say all this to to sympathize with brandon here like i think you're right yeah i think there are underrepresented orange inks. legit beef yeah and i don't know i don't really know why that is um but you're looking for ones that are more vibrant so i have some these are some of our more popular ones ones that i've used and maybe would recommend dye mine pumpkin is probably my number one that's my number one that's like the one of the more vibrant and yep. it literally looks like you just like squeezed pumpkin juice yeah. into your pen and then write with it. It's yeah. very orange. It's um, a nice one. Yep. Uh, Diamine Blaze Orange also is a little more on the vibrant side. Mm -hmm. uh, Noodler's Habanero, which I know 
You prefer Cayenne, right? I haven't written with either of them in a long, long time. It's been a but, while. But uh, I like I'm right. more Southwest Sunset. Yeah. Cayenne yeah, is more red. Habanero is more, it's like a it's like a bolder orange, yeah. less yellow than the Southwest Sunset. So maybe try Habanero. Um, Dimine Inferno Orange, that's a shimmering ink. So I don't know. If you can't achieve the vibrancy you're looking for just in the ink color, maybe some shimmer would get you there. There you go. Um, Dimine Sunset, that one leans a little bit red. But so I don't know. I'm just trying to give you some options here. It's a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, Jacques Urban Orange Soleil. You definitely never used that one. Have you? That I don't know if I have, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that check that one out, and then Sailor Shikiori Kin Mokusi, Mo, Mo, Mokusi. Not sure if I pronounced that right, but so those are ones that I would kind of urge you towards. Um, I will say the challenge that I've seen with more of the vibrant oranges, they get hard to read. They can look kind of highlightery, so maybe get some samples and try some of those out. And last but not least, oranges also seem to be the ones that will barnacle up a little bit more on Uh-oh. your nibs. I don't, know what, I don't know what it is about. It must be something with the dye components. Yeah. Because anything that has it, I don't know if it's like something specific to like the red, because there's red inks that do it too. Maybe it's like some of the red components of it. Anyway, but last thing I'll share though, um, related to the deep dive that I did, maybe we can link to this article in the, in the video description or something, because it's just way too much to summarize. But, you know, it um, it talked about the difference between dyes and pigments, and this is going to seem very basic for anybody that knows their chemistry. Um, but basically, it's 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 all mineral based. Um, so it's all it's all mineral. You can have organic or inorganic ones, and there's some other like modern chemistry magic that or classifications of both or in between. Um, but basically, dyes are where you have minerals that change the color that are soluble in like. In the case of fountain pen ink, it would be soluble in water. Right. So it actually does become all liquid. Whereas pigment, the pigment does not dissolve in the water and it stays in its particulate form. Right. So, yeah. I, I used the comp- I used um, uh, flour as an example um, when yeah. I did a video at some point. Because yeah. flour, yeah. you can add flour to water mm-hmm. and it'll stay in suspension mm. like forever. Not forever, but pretty much forever yeah. um it'll make it look cloudy and it'll stay that yeah, way like for, disperses evenly in the water yeah, but, it, stays, but it, yeah. it never dissolves not like uh like salt or right. sugar or something exactly. like that yeah yeah so there you go anyway so yeah a little bit about orange i think it is underrepresented i don't really know what to do about that we carry uh, everything we can well we can make an exclusive goulet orange and not sell many of them there you go <laughs> sounds awesome I don't know. If any of y'all know of any other oranges that are like really vibrant yeah. with other brands or maybe it's you see, I don't know. Let us know in the comments. All right, Drew, I got a question for you. How many pens? Oh, sorry. This is from Michelle. How many pens does Drew have? I'd love to see his collection. Okay. You want to show your collection? I brought most of them with me. All right. Um, do you want to use your phone or do you want to use my phone? Whatever, man. Whatever. I'll use my phone. Okay. Just, then you don't have to worry about it. Go for it. All right, one of the things you're going to immediately see is that they're not very organized. That's surprising because yeah. you're, you know, more meticulous organizing about requires your pens. Me, organizing and... requires me to buy more pen cases. Oh, and okay. I got to Rather show. than... I rather get this than thing fired up so you can see what Drew's got going on here. Well, I mean, they they, they see it here. Like rather than um, I only brought the pen cases that I could fit in this bin, so there's still two more over there with random stuff in there um, that I don't have. So the, my, my progression here has been... 
I've, I've never invested in a large pen case. This was my first pen case. And then I'm like, okay, well, I just probably need one more. So I get this one. I probably just need one more pen case. So I got yep. this one. I could, one more should be enough. Then I'll get this one. Mm-hmm. And then now I have. Problem is whatever pen case, you, whatever pen storage system you buy, you're probably going to fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, you got some some classics in here. Yeah. Something I don't even carry. I know. A bunch of random stuff. Um, this one is just where I keep all of my Safaris, All-Stars. Ooh, look at this. And uh, Retro 51s. I didn't you had so many of those. So, yeah, yeah. This is my All-Star collection there. Um, got my Dark Lilac and my Petrol in there. And nice, uh, nice. my my Coffee All-Star, which is my favorite there. Classic. And then just a bunch of Retros. But I also have a cube on my desk that has a bunch of Retros in it mm-hmm. as well. So... That's nice. that. I don't use this one a lot because I just don't access these pens quite a bit. Uh, this well, little similar styles. This too, little Visconti dude is my Italian uh, or my Visconti's. So got a Homo sapiens, got a Van Gogh, got a celluloid mm-hmm. something, not Manhattan, Wall Street, yeah, something. Manhattan. Um, and then I got a celluloid Davina as well, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, as well. Desert Sands, right? Yeah, Desert Sands. I um, love that material. Yes. So my Visconti case and Visconti's. Uh, I keep all my pilots in here in an Italian case because I don't care. Why not? Um, <laughs> got my beat up, jacked up, you know, halfway broken vanishing point. Oh my point. gosh. Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> it's just, look at all the, this thing's all scratched up. I put a Sharpie on here to kind of cover up all the scratches. I've but done that. It's been around. It's been around. I got this. What happened to the clip though? It just pops off. Why does off. that thing pop off? It pops off. You know, that's all right. If you ever want you know, if you it's ever, not like a normal thing. If you ever wanted to see happens. how a vanishing point works. Oh, yeah, let's see it. There let's you see go. Door. It's got this little mm-hmm. mouth, like a big mouth oh, billy bass. Sorry, let me get it. Take me to the river. <laughs> Take me to the water. <laughs> blip, blip, blip. So there wow. you go. It's okay. actually It actually makes it kind of easy to clean, this thing popping off like it okay. does. But whatever, sure. it's not supposed to do that. Ignore that. Yeah. Um, got this Japanese thing from uh, Marzan. This is a Pilot Custom 742 with a PO nib, I think. We've got a, whatchamacallit here. What's this pen called, Brian? This thing, we sell these. Ishime. Ishime. Um, got a green, Custom 912. Got a brown, 91. These are both from Japan. Ooh. Custom 74. Custom Impressions. Look how casually you're just blowing through all these super well, special got, pens that people have never seen. We've, I don't know a ton about them either. I'm not going to say, like, you know, most of my pens are secondhand pens. You know, basically, yeah. if you see it and I and we carry it, I got it from here. Otherwise, got it from all over the place. Uh, impressions. Got Impressions, not a custom, custom impressions le, but yeah, just the regular custom impressions. A, um, the little, the wee guy, a normal impressions. Yeah, this one had some weird nip, nip customization done to it that I don't love, but it's pretty. Mm, okay. And then yeah, those are my pilots. I still have, I have my little pilots in here though. So my little, my little buddy, my little oh, tiny. Hey there, friends. little yeah, pilots. Little friends. I got my little stargazer. Oh, this is like your. These yes. are like your fanboy. I know. Here. I'm loving these. These, these are just my little, my little buddies. They, they, they they're here and they just are like, it's okay to be tiny. We're our tiny friends. My 8-bit <laughs> inventory case here. Nice. Um, and here's my Elvis pen from Montegrappa. Take care of me, baby. Peanut butter <laughs> banana. Look at this thing. Oh, baby. Come on, mama. There we are. So That's cool. That is like one of my most fancy pens. Um, <laughs> one of your fanciest pens in just a straight-up sleeve. <laughs> well, no, it's in a special sleeve, Brian. This is one of a kind. That is special, yeah. right? And then um, this is my favorite case. This is one of Rick Shaw's. Um, uh, 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 oh golly, what what What's sort the... of tweed Harris tweed? Yeah, pens. I have my uh, Arushi pens here. I've got an Arushi Pilot here. Um, there aren't many of these. I don't 
know a ton about it or where it came from, but I don't, mm -hmm. I know that there were not many made. So, yeah, um, this fancy. is a lovely, lovely pen, custom 74 size, but Arushi Maki. Um, this is an Iboya pen, also covered in Arushi with a, uh, you know, comparatively small gold Bach nib on it, but that's a relatively new acquisition. Nice. And then this is where I keep my little sailors. Not all of them, I think. I've still got one in my desk somewhere. Um, I've got the pen of the year 2021 in here. I've got a, um, this is just a 1911, but this has a uh, Sabi Togi nib on it. So it is fine, 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 fine. Yeah. And then my favorite Christmas put in. Look at this pen. Look at that Christmas pudding. I love it so much. With the red oh, on the top. That's cool. It's so beautiful. I love my Christmas pudding. So you do sing. You're saying you don't sing. <laughs> sort of singing. All right. And this is this is my old Aston case. Remember these with like that kind of like oh, yeah. funky fat feeling? Oh, so good. Um, got a brown diplomat. Got a this is a um uh pelican, but kind of customized by a guy named Paul Rossi, uh, Lime 2000 Extra Fine. This mm -hmm. is one of the OG Edison Menlo's. Nice. Got a Platinum President, Edison Ascent in Miami Nights. Miami Nights. Got a Gravitas pen there, Monty Winfield pen. This mm. is a Goulet pen. Hey, look, look at, at this. that. Old school Goulet rollerball. Don't judge me. Made by the man himself. I didn't know about that. For the man himself. Look at that. One of one Love right there. It. That's Kingwood. Um, yeah, it is. That's a good looking wood. Uh, I've got my Conid bulk filler here. I've got a Namisu blue st uh, blue aluminum pen here. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe this is a Brooks Aiken oh, um, in one of the uh, primary manipulations. Uh, this is a Keras Customs. I forget what this is. Um, and then I have a little tiny cross in here. We sold these a while ago. Look at this thing is like a little toothpick. I know it's so tiny. I love it. It's this little, 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 little cramp up your it's hands. It's a fountain pen. Yeah, man. Yeah, they'll cramp up your hands. You sold them? Yeah, man. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um. Mm. So yeah, there's should, that one. I should have kept one of those. I didn't realize it at the time. That's That'd pretty solid. Good. Well, I knew. Um. And then I've got a Franklin Kristoff, <clears throat> like canvas pen roll here. How do you feel about pen rolls? Do you like them? Eh, they're okay. Okay. Um. And then these are all my Twisbees, but also a Explorer and a Monteverde something. So I've got my Swipe, my Go, my Eco, my Vac, my 580. Um in Prussian blue, this is my iris. And then I've got nice. a rose gold, you know, anniversary uh, Monteverde yeah, um, Innova. And then the clear Pilot Explorer. Nice. Because the Explorer can't, I mean, sorry, the Metropolitan can't do clear, which is why mm. the Explorer is better. And okay. then okay. I've got, let you have that. got two of these. The other one's on my desk. Didn't feel like bringing it all over here. Um, and then I've got this thing that has Ice Caramel Latte Banu in it. Nice. I've got this big honker of a Conklin Crescent Filler in here. Oh, my here. gosh. What is that thing? To pull that out. It like, weighs, it, like, weighs 9,000 pounds. Oh, my pounds. gosh. Yeah. Look at this thing. It is a hefty bois. Wow. Um, Yeah, dude. It's just, This thing is, that a, looks good. is a beefcake. And then I've got this brown Jin Hao. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hush. That is not a nice brown. You're not I'm a nice sorry. brown. That is like. Hey, this was a gift from a very, very kind person that, all right the person is got my mont blancs in there sure. i've got a little tiny chopin and then a big honker 90th anniversary um uh, uh 149 and what is on that uh medium medium refined it is oh look at that i got a 90 on the nib. i don't even see where it says what nib. i 
can't even see. Is that Zane on there? I don't know. Hmm. 90, it's in number 90, Nib. <laughs> it's big enough. Seems like it. And then finally, got another thing in here. Got some more rickshaw pens. Oh, these are all my uh, poured pens. So I've got two pens by Atelier Lusso. Cool. Um, diamond cast on this one. And oh, then nice. I've got a, uh, this one is from Script- Scriptorium in a Brooks nice. resin. That diamond, that diamond cast one, is that the same material we use in our it is. Franklin Kristoffs? It yeah. is indeed. Awesome. It is awesome. And then uh, I've got a couple more. I've got one on my desk that needs to be cleaned out. And then this is my mm-hmm. um, daily uh, Sinclair. I can't okay. show you what's inside here because I have some proofs for our next Retro 51 oh. that you can't look at, okay. Brian. Okay. Um, oh, but I've impressed. currently got inked up um, my um, Rushid custom job on my 912. Oh, that is cool looking. A, yeah. Um, and my, That's one that took like a year to get to you, Yes, right? wow. it is. Um, my brown um, or Apollo Visconti. Mirage, mm-hmm. Mythos, and then my uh, Pilot Custom Impressions LE. Wow. So these are my three currently inked at the moment. Good, but I also have a, uh, I also keep my 8-bit inventory in here as my kind of go-to rollerball. Nice. <sighs> wow. That's pretty much it. <laughs> cool. So that was a quick run that's a through. Solid, that's a solid collection, Drew. I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I could go more in depth on some of them, and you know, my right. my my history with them, but uh, we'd be here too long, so we, we won't do that. This is a nice little taste. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions, put them in the comments because I will see them and I will do my best to respond to any curiosities you might have. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff we don't carry in there too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, Good I mean, see some different stuff. The, the thing is, like with like. I, I get to write a lot with mm-hmm. the stuff we carry, just in normal yeah. work things. True. So uh, I guess unless I'm like totally obsessed with it and mm. I think it's like one of the greatest pens ever, it doesn't like – pens that we don't carry kind of occupy a different mm. like non-work part of my brain. Yeah, it makes um, sense. But then, like, there are pens like the E95S or like this Mirage Mythos that's just like, oh, my God, or the, Chris- or the Christmas pudding that – it it goes above yeah. work mode and escapes the work part of my brain into the just yeah. the hobbyist part of my brain. Um, but uh, especially yeah, if it's like a limited or a special yeah, edition, it, ta- or it something. takes a lot. It takes a lot for a pen to do that. I get it. Like I would have picked up dozens of pens from mm-hmm. here if you know I let myself. But your restraint is admirable. Thank you. It's something that feels familiar. Thank you. Not something that I can relate to. Because I have very little restraint. Oh, yeah. I've been better recently, but still. And I also like to trade. Um, you <laughs> That's know, true. You traded a lot of pens. I like, I like to trade a lot, yeah. That's cool. And you go to a lot of pen shows and stuff, too, so yeah. you see like really unique things. Yep. That is pretty cool. I usually bring with me uh, that pen roll. That's usually the roll I bring to trade. I, I stock it full of pens that I wouldn't okay. mind parting with mm. just in case the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. And, you know, so it's That's a, cool cyclical thing and i also like to you know and i've been given you know a fair number of pens um over the years i also mm. try to have a pair it, pay it forward policy that's cool where my if i'm gifted a pen i i gift a pen oh that's cool um, yeah i try you know it's uh yeah, yeah. nice so there's that so there you go drew wants free pens so that's I have what some, i picked up out of that i'm just kidding q-tips in there too <laughs> oh always good to have on hand all right <clears throat> thank you for showing us that yeah Next question is from Chantal. Some say 
Keep the sticker on your pilot fountain pen so you know what nib size it is. While others say, no, remove the sticker. It is ugly and will damage the pen in the long run. I would love to know your thoughts on this so divisive issue. Is it that divisive? I didn't realize it was so divisive. It shouldn't be. Should we make it divisive? Should I know. We stir I know. Up some controversy. Well, there's here? there's a right way and it's a wrong way. If you'd like for me to tell you the right Whoa. way, then I can do that wow. for you. If you're torn, throwing down ultimatums up here. Apparently, there's no ultimatum. You know, the sky's so, blue. The sky's blue, bro. What if I? What if I maybe didn't have the same view on this as you did? So what if you think the sky is a different color than blue? You mean like just no, totally? I'm talking about the sky. I'm talking about the pen sticker. This is as definitive a truth as the color of the sky, my friend. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. If that's how you want to go coffee about is de- it. Coffee is delicious. The sky is blue and you should take your sticker off every time. Wow. Okay. So we know where you stand on that. Because I'm not a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm a monster then because I don't, I'm not like you should always keep the sticker on your pen, but I'm, I'm definitely more of like, I don't know if you want to keep the sticker on your pen, keep the sticker on your pen. Who cares? It's your pen. Do whatever you want. Well, you're a lot less judgmental than I am. Apparently, <laughs> except now I'm judging you for I'm judging you for being how, how judgmental you are. Um, no, so the ugly thing I think is very subjective. So, well, first thing I'll say is like pilot pilots nibs have the the size yeah. written on them, so you don't have to have the sticker on there to know what nib size it is. Nope. So, I mean, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, every pilot nib that I've ever seen has the nib size on yep. it somewhere. So you don't have to keep it on there just for that. So for that argument, I would say that doesn't matter as long as you know how to read letters engraved on a nib or impressed on a nib or whatever. Um, whether it's ugly, okay, I could see people making that argument, but ugly is subjective, right? Is a sticker ugly? You know, it's like people like buy baseball caps and keep the stickers on them. That's also ugly. That is subjective. I'm sorry for anybody who likes their hat stickers. I don't, you know. I think you look great in them. Oh, okay. If somebody's wearing a hat with stickers and you look great. stickers on their Everybody pens. else. I have some pilot pens and other brand pens where I still have the stickers on them. But I'm why I will though? say why? I don't know. So they're just on there. Hmm. Do you keep like the Well, you, okay, so one of them Do you buy a TV and you leave like the film on the TV? You know what? I do not on the screen. Do you have like does your microwave still have the film over the buttons? I didn't know. If I have to touch it, mm-hmm. no, I take that film off. Mm. But I, I you touch do. pens usually in order to I do. write yeah, with yeah I touch pens okay. I touch pens, but again the pens that I leave my stickers on are more like ones in the collection that I'm kind of leaving there more for reference I'll pull them out every now and then but not they're not like daily writers what of mine. do you gain by having the sticker on them it's just quicker reference I don't have to open. Because I've got so many pens in the collection, if I need to reference it for some oh, reason, I don't have the just burden saves me to of having, you know. Oh yeah, you're going from you're going giant from judgmental to mockery. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Okay, that's fine. That's I fair. I think you should probably donate some to someone who can take your stickers oh, off. Oh, now you're at, you're going to insult me and then ask for free stuff. You are really in rare form today, Drew. I must say, it's quite entertaining. Um, okay. So yeah, the remove, okay. The ugliness. Sure. Okay. I could see that argument. It's, I don't think that pilot intends for them to be left on the pens. I think at most they intend for them to be displayed on the pens in like a retail storefront kind of a setting. Yeah. But then they fully intend for people to just Luckily, they, take they, them off. They do peel off nice and clean. They do peel off pretty clean. Yeah. But they're like, they're not paper stickers. They're like 
some kind of like plastic. I don't yeah. know what you call that, like vinyl or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, something. So they, they don't like, tear. No, they don't tear. You could like, you know, kind of take them off. And the glue is not like super icky sticky. It the glue comes off pretty easily. Like any sticker I've ever pulled off a pilot pen, I can just like sort of scratch, you know, scratch the thing off, and then any glue that's left, I just thumb it out. Just you know, yeah, friction. Yeah, the only the only complaint I feel like we've ever had um, was on the stickers that Lamy puts on their All Stars. Um, that I don't know if they do it anymore. There I don't was think there, they do it there was usually a white sticker on there, um, mm-hmm. and that would leave some gunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but those I think were, they stopped. Yeah, I think they, they might have stopped doing, doing that. Those those did leave some gummy residue yeah. on them, and those are you know those are metal pens too. They are mm-hmm. a little more the matte finish is a little more grabby. Yeah, a little more grabby. So yeah, I think that was like you know most of the stickering and stuff like that. In in many cases, if it's made overseas, like outside the U.S. and it's coming into the U.S., oftentimes. Not with Pilot, but with other brands, like any barcode like sticker type thing is happening at the distributor, not at the factory. So I could see there being a lot of variance in those types of stickers. Yeah. But I mean, Pilot's pretty intentional about most of their stuff. So the, the part that was intriguing to me about this question was like the damage. Will it damage your pen in the long run? I've never, I've never heard this as a concern or like as anyone that has experienced damage from leaving a sticker on the pen. I'm not gonna say it can't happen. No, but um, I will say that I have. Um, I remember I, I kind of recently purchased a secondhand pen, um, a Pilot pen that mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember which one it was, but it had a sticker on it that had been left there for quite a while, like decades. No, no, I don't have any it's decades like a vintage old pen? Pilot pens. No, no, it's been around for over a hundred years. Yeah, so no, you I'm good at vintage pens. No, a couple years at most. Um, okay, but it did have like a a rim of like. Kind of just like everyday dust, crud, you know, stuff that had like oh, yeah. kind of stuck to the side of the stickiness okay. of it. And it did leave a ring, but nothing that wasn't very easily. Did it clean off? Like, yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay. So like I think that's the worst that could happen is maybe you. But to you, me, that's you, not damage. It's not damage. Dirty. Yeah. No, that's the worst I've seen. The but. only thing, and again, if I'm ignorant of this, let me know. Because if there is like an actual concern of damage, then okay, that's fine. But there's a lot of pilot pens out there, and I've never heard this being a thing. Yeah. Um, the only situation that I could see where damage maybe could be a concern is if, you know, if you leave a pen out in the light, like UV, UV ultimately will break down anything, right? So if you have a pen that's got any type of color to it, I could see like with enough UV exposure, probably it would take years. But if you had enough UV exposure, it could lighten up some of the the resin color. And if you have a sticker on it, then it's sort of like if you like put suntan lotion on like part your of watch. your part of your body or like your watch or your ring or something like that, you would then not be not be exposing that part of it. That's that's the only damage that I can really think maybe would be a potential. So I don't know. That's kind of all I got. Like, yeah. I would say just, you know, take it, like take it off. You can feel free to take it off. You don't have to leave it on there. You don't need to reference it for the nib. If you like the look of the sticker, then keep it on there. Who cares? I, I, I don't think it's enough of a concern for damage. Drew cares. If you keep your sticker on, Drew will judge you hard and mock you and then ask you for free things. I used to think you were cool. Well. I did. I won't judge you. And I now, think you can do whatever the heck you want to do with your pens and just live your best life. And then don't worry about this guy. Don't, don't worry don't, about his don't, judgment. Don't live your best life. Look at him. Just look at live him. Live the way I want you just to Just look live. at this guy. <laughs> do you really care what he thinks about you? Really? I think you're fine. All right, Drew. <laughs> I got a question. What a, Bring it. What a silly question. I love it. Um, this is from Javi C. 
This question is, I've ne- we've never been asked anything This is a like beefy this. one. This is a beefy one. If both of you were to write your autobiographies, but you weren't able to title them yourself, what title would you guys give each other's book? So you write an autobiography and I have to title it for you and vice versa. Yeah. And- well, you know, keeping <laughs> into account, I don't know like what your book is going to be about. Like an autobiography you know, you, it's about your life, it's but then, generally factual about, yeah, but like you, you could, you story. could focus more on the business or you could focus more on your family or you could focus on any other aspect of your hobby. So I'm, I'm, okay. I took, I took it general, you know, generally you're making some assumptions about what yeah. my autobiography or I actually be gave you, I actually gave you some options about like, yeah, you gave what, me some jumping off points here. What, I appreciate what, it. Which, which ones you, uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, which directions you might've focused on. So okay. I'm gonna do some humorous takes first because, uh, mm. I just couldn't help myself. Um, the first one, Diet Coke and Cheerios, Cautionary Life Lessons from Brian Goulet. The, both of those reference times where he ate a quantity of challenged, something. Challenged he, myself to he eat. probably shouldn't have. To consume mass quantities. And, uh, uh, and 80s, regretted 80s it reference. for various reasons. Yeah. Um, next title that you, have, you can have as an option, um, mm-hmm. The Zen of Chainsaw, mm-hmm. Finding Peace in Power Tools. That is very accurate. I mm-hmm. do find peace and power. Tools. I know you do, which I is do. quite a, a a an enigma. Like for for as outwardly chaotic, loud, and seemingly destructive as they can be, but uh, it is your happy place and your peaceful time. Yeah, how someone can be, at be be at peace and calm, just like, like tearing into a tree with you know gas powered metal teeth. I, I don't know, but uh, you you find a way to do it. You actually want to know. So you know how I watch a lot of stuff on my phone. Right? Yes. Part of the reason I do that so much is because I started watching like tree felling and like tractor, like tractoring and like large equipment mm-hmm. videos. And especially if you're not watching it, it just sounds terrible. Like, so I just had my phone playing and just like broadcasting like sounds of chainsaws and heavy equipment would drive like Rachel and the kids crazy. So that's why I started wearing... Initially, why I started wearing the earbuds more is, and then I was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. I can just wear one earbud in. I can still hear if somebody needs something. But like while I'm washing the dishes, cleaning up after dinner, I just like have tree felling videos, learning some stuff. You know, they were GoPros and they're climbing like 200 feet up into Douglas firs and they're chainsawing away. And I'm like, that's so cool. But yeah, it's audio wise, pretty annoying. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's just, it's oddly comforting now. I, 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 none of the none of the um, like calm or abide or like none of these like meditation apps have have chainsaws yeah. sounds to be fair. Yeah. I love but, that. I love that journey for you. Yeah. It's, All right. it's, and then finally, <laughs> um, you know, the last option you have simply severance, the entire series written from memory. Hmm. I like that. You'll get there soon enough. Or I could write a severance fan fiction. You could do that too. I can assume yep. about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, my, my serious take, my Brian Brian's autobiography <laughs> is going to be titled Surviving Myself, Captaining an Entrepreneurial Frigate Through a Sea of Self-Discovery. Uh, we're going with both business and personal, you know, My life together. is very intertwined. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I completely agree with that. So, you know, and I the want... word frigate. I like that. Yeah. I well, like that ring. I, I was, I, I, frigate. I was going to go ship or boat or thing but i'm like no no let's let's go let's go frigate let's go large ship you know let, let's make this feel a little substantial because you what know actually constitutes a frigate i don't know i looked it up at one point but i forgot you know i, I once knew the difference between a sloop a frigate and a whatever but we're a not gonna sloop yeah 
There was a pen called the Sloop. It's a it's a ship. It's the name what, of the... what pen brand was that? There was a Sloop. Was it online? Probably online, yeah. Online Sloop. Weird online. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, not only has Brian spent, obviously, the last 15 years doing the whole Goulet pens thing, but from the beginning, um, he has really focused on uh, self-improvement, you know, kind of self-actualization, a big, big focus on mental health when he realized, when he realized that I can't be the best version of myself for my team because that was always something very, very personal to him. Like I'm going to support my team. Even when it was two people, one person, like he very much took charge of the people that he was now responsible for their paycheck for. Um, and very quickly after that, realized that I need to be the best version of myself for my team. And if I, and I can't be that unless I take care of myself mentally and physically. And you know the progress that he's made from a mental standpoint and from a vulnerability practicing standpoint and from just a very, very proactive approach on learning about his self and, you know, figuring out just kind of what makes him tick, you know, from, you know, you know, therapy and diagnosis. Like it's you, you've gone to places that a lot of people just don't like to go because we go there and we realize, well, that sucks. I don't like that about myself. And a lot of people just turn, turn away and be like, nope, not doing it. Yeah. Um, but you've gone Especially there. Like a lot of men do that. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, a lot of, a lot of doctors, a lot of dudes yeah. do that. A yeah. lot of dudes do that. And you do, you do not shy away from that. And that's a huge deal. So not only has that made him the best version of himself that he can be, or, you know, to what he would say is like, I'm not there yet. I've got a long way to go. And that's another great thing to say, but he has stayed humble throughout this whole thing. He has kept a business running and improving year after year. He has been a, a very, very present husband and father through it all. And, um, you know, the bri- Rachel as well through all this, you know, both of them, you know, one she, cohesive She's better unit. at it than I am, honestly. <laughs> well, you, you, you both take turns. Yeah. You know, you both take turns. And also the fact that you're doing all this while, you know, having a healthy marriage with your business partner that you work with, have to have, you know, business rumblings with, but then go home and be a completely different version and then jump in and out of different modes. Like somehow you've managed to do this successfully for 15 years. So... That's that's why I say surviving myself because, mm. you know, you have figured out, you know, your own puzzle of within your brain and your Working heart and your it. soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. that's my point, you know, yeah. and you do it very humbly. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's not easy, you know, kind of surviving yourself because you are a naturally very driven person. Mm-hmm. And that has plenty of pros and cons. It benefits me because... The business thrives. You've always, you're always looking at the next thing, you know, and mm-hmm. I benefit from that. But for someone who needs to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, draw that back a little bit, like mm-hmm. pull back on your natural inclinations and stuff, that mm-hmm. create that creates a whole new challenge for yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, it's easy to fall into disordered territory yeah. with some of my inclinations. <laughs> so, so entrepreneurial frigate through self-discovery. So business and then, but like uh, through progressing the business also progressing yourself it's very so, thoughtful Drew. that's Thank where you. that's where i went yeah you're welcome you yeah. know i am really good at humility i will say that <laughs> the best I'm of humility best. Oh, i'm more <laughs> humble than anyone <laughs> thank you though very nice very nice words yeah, there you go I mean, you know me pretty well so i appreciate that it's been, Des- it's, despite your feelings on stickers and other well other you know aesthetic things i think nobody's I, perfect i think you know even a blind Talking about you even a blind squirrel yeah. finds a nut every now and then talking about yourself so, right yeah. yeah okay all right interpret how you will um <laughs> Do you want to know what a frigate is? Sure. A frigate is a warship with a mixed armament, generally heavier than a destroyer in the U.S. Navy, and of a kind of originally intro. No, and 
of a kind originally introduced for convoy escort work. So like, it's like, with, a, like with the pirate ship days? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's a uh, battleship that helps convoys. So anyway. All right. Well, I appreciate you keeping this battleship afloat, my man. Trying, man. Trying. Uh, Drew, I took inspiration because you had your notes in here first, and I really liked the humorous and serious uh, you know, sandwich that you kind of We got to have a sandwich. Combo. Open face sandwich. <laughs> Um, Hot dog sandwich. So for Drew's humorous takes, I came up with uh, collecting collections, mm. a lifelong obsession with cereal hobbying. Felt that was pretty on the nose. Now I need to start collecting cereal. There you go. Mm. Cereal hobbying. What was Michael Scott's uh, cereal c- cereal uh, restaurant that he had? Oh my gosh. He had an idea for that. Yeah. What was it called? It had a clever name. It was. I don't remember. Not Shulala. That I love that no, name. No, yeah. I remember that one. Oh, man. I, I will say Somehow I Manage is a very fitting title yeah. for how it feels to be live my life. Um, yeah. Mike Cereal Shack. Mike Cereal Shack. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so not that clever, but yeah. I would go to a cereal restaurant. I like cereal. As long as it's cheap. I have like, a lifelong love of cereal. I like a good variety. Yeah. Like As, as an adult, I have... Wouldn't you want to try some cereals like in other countries, like from other countries and stuff? We never get to try those. Oh, um... Uh... Uh, a friend of the show, um, Emily from Australia, sent me some Australian um, cereal one time, oh. and it was delicious. It was like uh, like um, malted chocolate, Ooh. like it tasted like Ovaltine. Wow! Um, and it didn't taste super unhealthy either, which I liked. Okay. It wasn't like American chocolate cereal, oh, American which cereals. is like candy. It's basically, it dessert. was it was yeah. chocolate, but not like too chocolate. I forget mm. what it was called. Milo. It's called Milo. Okay, it was amazing. Sounds good to me. Love Milo. So yeah, all right. I am all about some international cereal. Okay. Heck yeah. There you go. All right. <clears throat> my next sort of humorous take. All right. Um, called Living by My Own Rules, How Setting Artificial Boundaries Keeps My Life on Track. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned artificial <laughs> boundaries. That is, that's got... Yeah, not artificial, but just, you know, self, uh, self-imposed Yeah, what, what do I call them? Uh, you say self, self-imposed? No, no, no. There's another something? word I use. Mm-hmm. Um, arbitrary. Arbitrary. Yes. There you go. Any of these? You know, yeah. That all the works. Wordsmith, but I absolutely. All... I would. I would crumble into a <laughs> puddle of nothingness if I did not have my artificial there you go. restrictions. Um, and then my my last humorous take. I called it skipping down the hallway, finding joy <laughs> in the little things each day. Because not on an irregular basis do I hear or see Drew literally skipping down the hallway today. I was over. Um, oh, you got me today, Margaret. Oh no, that was, that was a different day. Oh, okay. yeah, I, sn- okay. I, I was sneaking behind Brian for you know pretty much you know a good. The We're length. kind of a long building. Yeah, and I was go- coming from the kitchen yeah. to my office, which is opposite ends of the building. I did not dro- know that Drew was behind me basically the entire time. Yeah, like, so I get to my office close. and I was like, "Hey, where's Drew?" And he's like, "Right behind." Me. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> but today, Margaret called me out of my office. She's like, "I drew." I was like, "I came out there and I just fell on my face onto the little." <laughs> couch there oh my gosh and then margaret of course didn't react at all but Janea, our new hire was like and Mar- i just hear I'm, I'm on i'm face down on the couch now and margaret's just like he'll be fine <laughs> margaret, margaret's been conditioned <laughs> so, for she's just like what the hell is this guy doing <laughs> margaret's like ignore him he's just that's great he's just being hell. love it you bring joy to everybody's day for sure yeah. um and then the serious one that i had um i mean the skipping down the hallway one is kind of serious too but um, the serious one I had, I uh, titled it, Thank You for Being a Friend, Living a Life That Brings Joy to Others. So I said, Drew's considerate of others. He's flexible, goes out of his way. 
to connect with other people and impact their life in a positive way. He's enthusiastic about the things that he finds meaningful and shares his interests with unbridled enthusiasm. Whether you want to or that not. That is contagious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, think we, I think everybody gets to see like more of that side of like your outward life mm. in this pen cast. Because yeah. this is like very conducive to that part of it. So it's very genuine, yeah. Drew. I mean, you're watching unbridled Drewism happening on a daily basis, weekly basis. So. Yep. I am me. <laughs> Yeah, love it. That's very, very on point, Brian. Thank you. I, cool, I, I, I completely agree with all of those. I would, um, you know, it's probably going to be like a children's book, very crudely drawn, <laughs> but uh, I will accept any of those titles. Okay, there you Absolutely. go. All right, we're going to cap things off or with- a graphic um, novel. I can see it as a graphic novel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Make your life a graphic yeah, novel. Make yeah. that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a list of artists in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, at wannabe underscore rich, don't we all? Why not? Um, what are your views on Waterman Company's products? You never comment on their products, even if they're the best in the market. Are they? Are they the best <laughs> in the market? Like, I wasn't aware of this. Well, okay. Wanna, wannabe Rich feels they're the best in the market. Sounds like Wannabe Rich is saying that Waterman pen, uh, products are the best in the market and is taking issue with the fact that we don't talk about them ever. I mean, that's fair. We don't carry them, so that's why we don't talk about them a lot. And... So, we don't really know what's going on with Waterman right now as far as even what their current offerings are. Not a whole lot's been changing recently for I, Waterman for what I'm aware. I haven't heard of anything. Like I don't know anybody who's like talking about the next new latest and greatest Waterman pen. For as far as I know, they've got some pens yeah. out there, but it's the same pens they've had for the past for you a, know. a while. Well, we used to carry Waterman for those that don't know. We carried them for five or six years, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, you were here when we you were oh, yeah. here when we already had no, you were here. I, I think we already had them. Um, we got them fairly early on. I yeah, think. I was. Yeah, I don't know if I was here before or during Waterman. I was definitely here during the name change when yeah. they changed all the names That's from right. like you know right. blue black to mysterious blue. Et right, right. Which was controversial at the time. Because yeah, because it was like people wanted like Waterman blue black. That mm-hmm. was like the only ink that honestly people really wanted because um, it just had like a decades long reputation for whatever it was. Um, so anyway, that changed. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing wrong with Waterman pens. I like, I like most of their products, but none of them like blow my mind. Even when we carried the inks, though, we did not get an overwhelming demand for their pens. It, it always surprised me. It was the same thing. We carried Cross. We mm-hmm. carried Parker. We carried basically like Schaefer. We carried iconic American like heritage fountain pen brands. Like these were the companies that came out with all the patents and basically paved the way for the fountain pen, you know, among other brands too. But like in America, especially, these are like deeply rich in, in culture for the early 1900s. And most of them are just, I mean, if they're still around, they're like an echo of what they used to be. And um, specifically with Waterman, I never had a problem with their pens and I still have several Waterman pens. I've got a really nice Kareen. I've got uh, the, was it the Phileas? I've got, um, Another one that I can't recall the name off the top of my head. I've never heard of Phileas. It was like a entry level pen. It was one Phileas. 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 P H I L E A S, I believe. Huh. So I think they they sold them at like bookstores and stuff. Yeah, never heard of that. Yeah, so it was like a Kakuno Mm. type of you know vibe. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean their products were fine. Some are better than others. Um. I wouldn't speak ill of them or any of their products. Um. For us, we discontinued them because honestly, there was kind of just a general lack of interest. Like. We carried them and we would promote stuff and then they would 
They would have some colors that were kind of nice and our best sellers, but then they would discontinue those. Like it's honestly, it's kind of the same trend with Waterman and Parker and Schaefer and Cross and all of those that are like, you know, I'll call them like heritage brands where like they had a rich history, but then you look at their modern stuff and you're like, okay, it kind of looks just fairly corporate. It just looks, you know, it looks like the kind of pens that would be given away as a gift, Mm -hmm. you know, for, you know, hitting your five-year anniversary at a Fortune 500 or something like that. It's just kind of more sterile, you know, more generally appealing. Lots of metal components, you know, big steps and stuff like that. That, Like if you're writing with it, you're like, ah, it's just not as comfortable as it could be. You know, it's like it just looks very, you know, kind of polished, very kind of of corporate. Yeah, and and a little you know, I don't like to use the word, you know, stagnant seems pretty negative, but a lack of motion um, in the um, brand's library. Yeah, they haven't had, they haven't done a whole lot since we've been around, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, and I will say that, you know, uh, all of these brands have been sold and resold and sold and resold. And that yeah. includes brands like Conklin and Esterbrook. But I will say mm-hmm. that the current owners and custodians of Conklin and Esterbrook are at least continuing to innovate and come Um, up with new fresh ideas and different takes on new pens and paying attention to the market and, you know, reintroducing, mm -hmm. you know, things that harken back to, you know, the, you know, earlier days of the American Mm -hmm. fountain pen companies and such. So, you know, maybe one day Cross and Parker and Waterman will find their way to, you know, somebody that wants to, you know, reinvigorate things. But Mm -hmm. I think for now they're just kind of, you know, maintaining a bit and they're kind of, they seem to be happy doing what they've always been doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like it was, it was founded in the U S and then I don't remember at what point I didn't go all back through the history of Waterman, but I looked it up a little bit. Um, So I know that they were bought by Bic, the ballpoint pen company in 1958. And then they were sold to Gillette large American conglomerate in 1987, then sold to Sanford of Newell Rubbermaid, Newell Brands Mm -hmm. in 1993. So they sort of got bought and sort of flipped. And I think they've been with Newell Brands since 93. So they have- They're still with Newell. I think so. I think so. So they've got it or under Sanford, which is like a a brand, a brand under yeah. Newell. Again, you get into some of these like really large conglomerates and they have like a portfolio of different brands and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with Waterman. Like the pens themselves are well constructed and, you know, they've got some like time tested designs and things that are more, I guess, known, known for them. Um, but it was interesting because actually when I was kind of looking for some of this, you know, I got the sense that like, yeah, it feels a little bit like the company's kind of just like under a portfolio of a larger conglomerate, which is maybe where some of the like, you know, like Drew said, kind of stagnation or maybe just lack of like involvement directly with the pen community and some of the, you know, kind of corporatization of the feel of the pens might come from. Sanford makes Sharpie. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they have have all, I mean, it's it's a conglomerate, so they have a lot of different brands. For some reason, I thought that like they made charcoal briquettes. I think that oh, I'm you're thinking, thinking Kingsford. Kingsford, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm like, that can't be right. So I had to grab my phone and check. I'm like, Drew, Sanford does not make charcoal briquettes. But my brain was like, Kingsford. But, but that Kingsford. logo, I'm Kingsford. pretty sure they do. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Thank you, Brian. Um, you're welcome. That was going to kill me. You're welcome. So it's kind of interesting because I was just, again, kind of like I do sometimes with the pen cast here. 
I was just kind of like Googling around some different, you know, things, trying to find, learn a bit more. And I actually stumbled across a New York Times article about the Gillette acquisition of Waterman from 1988. So it's, it's like right out, like shortly after the, tr- the, 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 you know, acquisition had happened. And it really features like, you know, the, the, the former owner, um, the lady, I don't remember her, her name, um, but it's heavy in the article. So maybe we can link to that in the description as well. But it talked kind of a lot in detail about, you know, you had this French, very entrepreneurial, very passionate, you know, leader of this company. And then they sold to Gillette for a variety of reasons. There were like a lot of like implications like French inheritance taxes and stuff like that. And they were going to kind of lose the company anyway. So they were trying to keep it intact and sell it all. But then you could tell that there was just a total friction of the way to run the company with going to a, you know, a more corporate kind of conglomerate company like Gillette. And so it was just a really interesting read of an article because they kind of went in some detail and they talked about like the size of the company and how much they were selling and all that kind of stuff. So I just found it fascinating just as a business person, you know, who I'm not directly like invested in like Waterman's history necessarily, but this article just like described it in a way that you normally don't see, you know, things written about a pen company and probably because like people cared more about pens in 1988 than they do today for the most part well you know we're not gonna we're not gonna sell to gillette anytime soon no not anytime i mean if they had enough money why not (laughs) like heck i saw how much they sold for and i was like dang all right they're only they're only they're only you know stipulation is instead of the is the goulet pen company still gonna be spelled the same but it's gonna be pronounced the Goulet pen company because their g is yeah a joe yeah um Maybe uh, we should buy an, them and make it Galette Razors. An, an alternate spelling of Goulet is G-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. Here we go. You know, the, depending on where the... I think we're destined to be enemies with Gillette. Where the Canadian lineage split off and where they ended up in the country. Oh, we can't be enemies with Gillette because luxury brands. No, no, Gillette's cool. We're friends with them. Gillette's cool. They should buy the Razor brand. Uh, that might be tough. I don't know if they... They got kind of cash uh, oh, yeah. swinging, but anyway. You sell some more Platinums. Yeah. So I've personally, I've always been pretty open-minded about Waterman, and I've generally been a fan of their products. Um, but even when we were carrying them and trying to promote them and, like, garner interest, we just found that a lot of people just kind of found other brands more interesting, you know? Like, a lot of people were like, oh, that's kind of nice. And we were like, yeah, it's, you know, this pen, it's $230. And they were like, eh, pass. You know, there just wasn't enough unique aspects of it are a unique value like proposition that the waterman pens carried other than the name you know like the pens were fine the quality was yeah. good but they kind of just blended in with a bunch of other pens and they didn't have enough like unique aspects to them that made people want them with our enthusiast crowd at least even now of the brands that we get requested about that we don't currently carry waterman isn't even in the top 10 yeah just it's kind of like it's one of those things that's Every now and then we get people that are like, how could you possibly not carry this brand? And then we're like, because yeah, like, you're one of the only people that asks us about it. Honestly, like if people wanted it, we would carry it. Like, Absolutely. So, I mean, it, and the door's still open too. Like they're still making the pens and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We've, we've, we started in talks with the, actually the distributor, you know, who's um, uh, with Waterman and, and Parker. It's the same distributor because um, I guess it's under the same Sanford or whatever. Um, so we we started talks with them when COVID kind of first hit because Parker was revamping their Parker 51. That's right. And we were getting some interest in it. So we were like, well, we haven't talked to them in a while. Let's let's see what they're doing. And, you know, we started some conversation, but then 
you know, it didn't really go any, there's a lot going on in 2020. So, um, but that door is not closed. So I would say if there is interest, like, please let us know. Yeah, we're like, here we're to not, serve you. Yeah, there's no, there's no bad, you know, bad relationships or anything that's like keeping us from doing it. It's more just interest. people interested yeah. in it. So I would, I, honestly, I would be love to find out if there was something that I was just ignorant of with Waterman that is really cool and interesting and that you all would like. That would be a great scenario for me because I would like to carry as much stuff as we possibly can. So anyway, that's kind of our history with Waterman. There we go. Yeah. All right. Are you going to do a spotlight? Let's do it. Let's do a quickie spotlight. All right. So we're going to do a spotlight on the Shoon Design Pocket 6. And now we've carried some a couple of Shoon pens before, but honestly, we carried them pretty limited quantities, so we didn't really show or feature them too much at the time. Um, but we got uh, this one, Dark Matter, and this is, it's just a cool little pen. I mean, you can see it compared to the size of my hand. It is rather tiny. And in fact, we learned that when Drew was shooting his... Uh, Hold on, my, my screen's a little spicy here. Oh, yeah, you're coming in hot, man. Oh! Oh, my gosh, turn it down. Go. There we go. There we go. So, um, yeah, this uh, this pen Drew actually found that this is the, is it the shortest pen that we carry? It is the shortest. The shortest. I pen mean, you you might not that we carry. say it's the smallest because of diameter and whatnot, but the it diameter is, is a little bigger than it the, is the, the shortest. Lo- oh my gosh, there it goes. It's also active. Um, <laughs> we have the <laughs> the Koika Lilliput, right? So uh-huh. that is known as like one of the smallest pens yeah. around that you can like practically use. It's tiny, but. I don't know how to hold this so that it makes sense. There we go. So there's the height. Look at that. It's shorter than a lilliput. It certainly is. But it's fatter. So. Yeah. But the nib also is is bigger. Yeah, it's a full-size number six nib. That's what we like about this. Hence Whereas, the pocket six. Yeah. So any other like short pen, I like, like how the, active it is. the traveler's pen, it's making me realize how <laughs> unlevel our table is. Um, yeah, look at the nib size. It's It's considerable oh yeah like double considerable anyway i'll put the lily put away because this is not so that's a about the lily full size number six yovo steel yeah. nib on there um the grip section has a really nice o-ring ian shown uses silicone o-rings so they will last you a nice long time nice. if you're holding the pen without it being capped it's a little it's kind of like stealthy so i, I could like i can like hold it in my hand and just be like ooh, ooh, look, at you look at magic writing with your fingers <laughs> Uh, for me, especially my hands are larger. It's it's wildly impractical. Yeah, I, I would have to hold it like against my finger here, and that could that could work yeah. in a pinch. But it's it's got the screw threads on the back, so it's really meant to screw post on here. Yeah, and then full size, it's a full baby. Size pen. Like this is this is very usable. Yeah, for me, not the it's not a quick draw. You know, so it's like if I'm writing short notes and having to cap it on cap it constantly. Mm-hmm. That might feel a little old, as any as any back threaded pen would. The Lily puts the same way, but I will say it's very pleasant to, you know, because of the O ring. You can see the yeah, it seals well. Silicon O ring in there. Um, it's very satisfying. It's just got a little bit of like, you know, t- tension. I don't know if that's tension. A resistance. Little of, a little bit of resistance yeah. as you thread it down mm-hmm. and cap it. Yeah, and that there's a little bit of a um, in. Um, etching in the center there so you it's creates a really balanced look with a bit of a kind of a simulated band in the center that just balances it all out it's a very balanced pen interesting so it's all one piece huh they just etched the 
Yeah, well, one is actually, time. you know, obviously the, the yeah, cap that's where barrel, that's where it breaks. But apart. the second part is uh, an etching, so just, just etching. to kind of create that that's uniformity. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, it like really gives it like a, a ring kind of appearance mm -hmm. in there. That's cool. It is really neat. And this is the it's... dark matter finish, um, which mm -hmm. right now is exclusive to our store. Um, Ian uh, will also be selling this after we are done selling through ours. Um, so you can get this even if uh, you're not able to get it from us. So it's, it'll be an ongoing addition. But as of right now, um, it's only being sold through our store for a limited time. I like the shape of the grip too, that like slight yeah. contour. We did like when we were designing the premieres, we have a very similar contour. It's a very nice shape. And yeah, it's very pleasant. Ian has very, very high standards in his machining process. Oh, the machining quality is second to none. The metal on metal threads are not sharp or textured at all and they it, don't like, like squeak they no, don't make any noise they that's, are smooth that's hard to do. and comfortable and they're they're not too sharp either i mean any threads you're going to feel but yeah. you know for a pen where the cap is flush with the body it's a remarkably unobtrusive step yeah in threads it's so very nice yeah and i think the color has job, a man. really wide appeal too oh, we, this, we were talking about cool, doing yeah. another pen with ian and i saw this one at um, I think the Baltimore pen show, and it really stood out to me. At the, the time, it wasn't on his website. I, but, uh, I don't know how he does these finishes, but his finishes look like nothing I've ever seen. On they really pen. are unique. It's pretty awesome. So we're a big fan. He's a good guy making these pens too, very high standards. Um, doesn't sell a lot through retailers like us. It's kind of a newer thing. So we're kind of taking it one project at a time, mm -hmm. but we've had a good response so far and we like his product. And yeah. You know, it's kind of cool to be able to offer neat stuff like this. Yeah. So this is a cartridge-only pen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I brought the I brought the cartridge, and I brought the converter because I think it's funny. There are trade-offs with having a short pen, right? So I have here just a fakey cartridge. You know, standard international. Oh my gosh, they're active as well. So active. So you know, if you got a regular standard international cartridge, of course you can refill these with an ink syringe with bottled ink, and it's like. Size-wise, that'll that'll get you there, right? So that'll be fine. You can use cartridges. That's what it's made for. We always like to test, like, is there any converter that can possibly fit? And the Kuwaiko Mini Converter is the one that's kind of the go-to of like, okay, will it fit? And if you just hold it up to it, you can tell like, oh, that that converter is longer than the back of the pen. Yeah, but no. if you if you have it dry without ink. You, like I can tell it's already hitting yeah. the back of the converter, but I screw it all the way down. It's like, all right, how much could I fill this thing if I wanted to? I'm, I'm going to say halfway. It is pretty much exactly. Ooh, almost more than halfway. It's almost exactly halfway. Oh, wow. I mean, when that. it's all the way up, it goes up to there pretty much. Oh, so yeah. when you have it in there, so it's like, this is how much ink it holds. It's oh like, God. you might as well just like dip the feed. <laughs> like just dip the feed and it holds about yeah. that much ink. So not very practical for a converter. Yeah, definitely you, a You could if you were event. determined enough, but it's almost laughable. Um, just refill cartridges if you if you don't have cartridges that are, you know, the ink that you want. And uh, yeah, but super short pen, very easy to carry. Whoop. Easier than a phone. Definitely. <laughs> you can that's drop it. it. Show in pocket six. Um, All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's a really, really cool pen. I love it. Love it. I uh, almost had one. I bought one one time, but I bought it with a company card, so it's not mine. Yeah, I will buy one one day. Now. I don't know which one to buy. There's so many good ones. There's a lot of good one, ones. One, what I think that I will buy um, is that uh, he's 
I don't think they're on his website right now, but at pen shows, he does this amazing light blue to pink gradient. It looks just so vaporwave, and I just it just slaughters me, man. And Dude, and the, that would be the one. I yeah. know, I know. And the grip does the same gradient. <gasps> Even the grip is blue to pink. Like it just, oh, I know, I know. It sounds like you know which one you need to pick. And next time I'm at a pen show, I need to ask him if he takes some sort of a, you know, um, afterpay or a <laughs> some sort of <laughs> there you go paying installments. Is he uh, <laughs> is he going to be a DC? You know? Oh yeah, he said all the big ones. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll to check that out. Yeah, he'll be at DC, San Francisco. You know, he's always at Baltimore. Um, he was at Chicago. I think he um, probably does Atlanta as well. Okay. But yeah. Cool. Where's he based out of? He's in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay, cool. Which um, when I put up a reel of this pen um, on our social medias, uh, I chose the Rocky theme. And uh, one person was like, ah, I see what you did. I was like, yes, thank you for noticing. That's right. Awesome. All right, cool. That's our spotlight for this week. Um, Now it's time for what's happening. Well, let me tell you what's happening, Brian. What is happening, Drew? I'm going to start. I'm going to go chronologically because last week, last Thursday, Mm -hmm. um, I came in late because my son Archer was having an awards ceremony at his elementary school. I had that this morning. And yeah. So um, (laughs) he got some awards, got the AB Honor Roll and the Citizenship Award and then award for bringing up certain amount of grades. And so- Okay. Um, it, it was all good. Um, you know, super, super proud of him. And yeah, they had that award at uh, my daughter's school too. They called the Bug yep. Award. He got a he got the Bug Is, Award. Do they call it the same thing? Yep. Bring, he, bringing up grades yep. or something. like that? He got like a that? pencil. He got a, a pencil. Um, he got two two ribbons for the other ones. A pencil for the Bug Award. Okay. Um, which he lost that day. He was very upset, <laughs> oh, and he gosh. and he instantly <laughs> accused another kid of stealing it. The same kid. They're like he's he's got it out for this kid. Always thinks the kid's stealing you know, things. Their kid. Um, and maybe he is. I don't know, but. Um, it, uh, turned out later he got one of those little, um, they call them spirit sticks. It's just like a little embroidered, um, rectangle that has a hole in it for you to put around a loop, like a keychain. Oh, okay. It's not really a stick. It's more like a patch, a very thin, narrow embroidered patch looking thing. But anyway, he got one of those that said bug award on it. So he still got some sort of bug okay. thing. Cool. Um, but we, I was talking about how proud he is and I was joking about like what award I would give my wife if she got an award. We were just kind of trolling each other. And then uh, he leaves just in the middle of the conversation. And I'm like, I don't know. Rude. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had something to do. So he just bolts. Okay. And uh, I, I've told you this before, but um, uh there was a time where um, we were talking about like, you know, food or like what food would you be? And my wife and I were trolling each other about that. And she mm-hmm. just looked at me and she's like, you'd be a banana. I'm like, why, why would <laughs> I be a, na- be a banana? And she's like, because you're long and dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, that, okay. Like <laughs> bananas aren't dumb, but all right, whatever. I totally forgot about that. So Archer thought that was hilarious. So, of course. you know. It's it's allowing your kids to troll you is a, is is a is an art because they, they oh. it's fine like we we speak in sarcasm at my house so like it's totally normal. Oh, he, he's entering the age where it's he gonna is. be the only language. I know, that he I know, you know that. So oh, we're there. He 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 does the he does the banana comment a lot, almost a little too much. But mm. as long as he does it when I'm not trying to be serious with him, I'm fine. So sure. 
He left during this conversation. Don't know where he went. Okay. He comes back holding a banana, and the <laughs> banana has a construction, a yellow construction paper cutout ribbon on oh, it. Oh. And he hands it to me. The ribbon says number one banana. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's pretty good. I know. I was. Did he just come up with that on his yeah, own? Yeah, he was like, as soon as we were talking about awards, he just bolts, does that, brings it back. Like, here you go, Dad. That's pretty amazing. Number one banana. It's like, thank you, I guess. Expert troll job, Archer. Good job. Um, Good job. So, yeah. And then Thursday, uh, sorry, that was Thursday, Friday, we got a half day mental health paid day here at the Goulet Pen Company. And uh, originally, my plan was to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at the Eat In movie theater so I could have my bread pudding and my coffee and watch a movie. It was not playing at that theater. Mm. And I was also told by, you know, trustworthy sources that that movie is just depressing and sad. And I kind of changed my mind about wanting to see it and paying money for it. So mm. I'll see it later. Uh, so I went home and I said, you know what I'm going to watch? I'm going to sit in my love sack with my coffee and I'm going to watch everything everywhere all at once because I've heard that movie is amazing. That won Best Picture, didn't and it? And I have so many people whom I respect and trust their opinion on have said, Drew, you need to see this movie. And I checked the websites, and it says it's on Paramount Plus. I was like, "Great, we got Paramount Plus." All right. Go to Paramount Plus. It's one of those things where, yeah, it's on Paramount Plus if you have like Stars or Showtime or one of that oh. thing. So I was like, "Well, dang it! All right, whatever. I'm here. I've got my half day. I, the Goulet Pen Company is trusting me to take care of myself mentally, right. so I will pay three ninety nine or whatever for the Amazon rental. Go to the Amazon Prime app. Not available for rental. I could like." I don't even think I could buy it. It was like you have to – it's like another Stars or Encore or somebody. Somebody's got a lock on this movie, and they do not want people watching it. So I am just – that bothered me. It's because so annoying about I all know. these streaming apps now. It's I'm like, like, man, where's Blockbuster when you need mess. it? Um, <laughs> they had their chance. God, they did. Sorry. <laughs> so rather than going and trying to find a red box with everything everywhere all at once in it, I just sat down and I watched um, Dread, which is a 2012 – Judge Dredd movie with Carl Urban and uh, Lena Headey. Nice. Um, which is great. I'd seen it once in the theater. Hadn't seen it at home before. Um, it's absurdly violent, but the cinematography and the effects are just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Like, right. e- even the gore and brutality is, in a weird way, just shot really, really nicely. Um, yeah. There's this drug in the movie's um, uh, storyline called slow-mo, and they're like, oh, like it's kind of like an inhaler, like taking the slow-mo. But whenever they do that... Everything goes into slow motion, and everything looks all sparkly. It's a really rad effect. Oh, cool! Um, and they just had a lot of time filming that one, so it is a good movie. And I'm, you know, took some time. I've been wanting to rewatch it for a mm. while anyway. It was on my cool. list. Nice. So I watched that, and then it was time for the weekend, which was the Triangle Pen Show in yeah. the Raleigh Durham Triangle, for whatever reason that's called the Triangle. And this was the first pen show that I brought Shannon and Archer with me on. Cool. So we hopped in the car, drove down. I-85 um, with their all of like two exits, you know, 85 is a great drive, s- smooth sailing, straight shot. But man, there's like- It's a bit sparse. It's very sparse. Yeah. Not nary a Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts to be found, no. which is a shame because I need coffee. Um, do, you got, any, do you have any road snacks? Uh, no. Um, we just went- road, to- road snacks seems like the kind of arbitrary thing that you would feel very passionate oh, about. Oh, I am. I am. Cheez-Its and coffee. <laughs> 
Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its and coffee. They okay. might sound disgusting together. They're amazing together. Cheez-Its can be overdone. If you're just, maybe the coffee helps, but if you're just eating Cheez-Its, you can get to the point where you're like, I can't handle any more cheese. Yeah. I like the small packets. Also, okay. I don't screw around with any flavored Cheez-Its other than the original cheddar because all of the other ones are powdery. I do not like powder on my fingers. Yeah. I like the regular. If Especially you, if you get the puffed versions. Yeah. No, forget that. Like the puffed white cheddar versions. It was like. I don't mind the. I'm just licking my fingers. Yeah. That's I don't I'm mind doing. the flavor, but I don't want powder. That yeah. like for a car snack, you don't need finger stuffs. The extra cheesy Cheez-Its. Joseph is. Nope. Lo- Joseph. He's, he's like a. He's like a gamer. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves Mountain Dew and he mm-hmm. loves that. He never gets <laughs> it, but he loves. He loves all these things. Mm-hmm. Doritos and all this yeah. garbage. But even he, the extra cheesy Cheez-Its, he was like, this is too much. Too much. It's, too, it's And I tried yeah. it too. I was like, we're just going to throw these out. These are unedible, inedible yeah. in this The household. only alternate Cheez-It flavor acceptable is the extra like crispy ones. Extra they're, toasty they're, or whatever. Yeah, they're just them. like burnt a little bit more. Like those. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, but that's other than that, no, no fly zone. Okay. So yes, I do have arbitrary road snack rules. Um I just sensed, sensed absolutely. That you did. Absolutely. Uh, so we got there right on time. Um, the uh, hotel was a Hilton uh, double tree place. No signage at all. We pulled up to this place. It looked like a retirement home or something like that. No signage no. for the hotel. No, there was no sign. Weird. We saw a, we saw a van. You know, we're like, okay, well, there's the double tree. So wow. anyway, it was a new hotel at the Pen Show than okay. the previous Pen Shows had been, which surprised me because it was a smaller venue, and the Raleigh mm. Pen Show had been kind of getting more and more popular over the yeah. last couple of years. So they could have expanded, but. Um, there was some issues with the old hotel, so they moved to this one. I don't mm. know if they had a lot of options, but it was smaller, which was a bit of a shame. I heard mm. that um, vendors that wanted to be there weren't able to uh, attend because of the space constraints. Yeah. So mm. that was a bit of a shame because there were some, you know, local people that I did not get to see, like, um, mm. you know, Brian Weaver from Iron Feather Creative and Jonathan Brooks from Carolina Pen Company, both, mm-hmm. you know, South Carolina natives um, yeah. that usually attend those shows. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Pilot was there, Esterbrook was there, so I got to see plenty of pen friends. Um, nice. You know, I saw Fig Boot, he was there, my friend Sandra, uh, my friend Paul from Franklin Christoph was there, he's a delight. And then the Rosenbergs, Julian and Evan from Penquisition, got to see them as well. That's cool. So good friends, happy people. Um, I got to uh, meet a pair of biologists who, um, fans of ours, and um, there are a couple, uh, one gentleman who, uh, they're field biologists. So. One gentleman um, had a plissier that he fell onto a rock with it in his pocket. And the plissier took the brunt of the rock damage and he held it up and it looked like it had a puncture in it. Whoa. So shout out to the plissier for being the choice for every single field biologist I've ever met in my life. Meaning the one. The one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that was fun. Um, got to uh, speak with a delightful lady who um, is uh, a hatchet throwing instructor who uh prefers a twisby go as um her go-to pen um for its durability so i met a gentleman named ben who had heard the pen cast on friday didn't know that there was a pen show in his city and decided to attend based on the pen cast and um the previous day he also heard that i needed some straight pins for my patch sewing brought me a tiny a little sewing kit get out of here i'm like like the the yeah, I, like, this so is just... So literally, if you hadn't rambled on in this yes. pen cast like that, none of that would have happened. Yeah. And I was like, I needed one of those. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. It's like so crazy that I, really, I, get I, mean, to, I get to meet people who like know exactly what's going on. And I'm like, oh, this is, how, how easy is this? Is I like, love that you can find straight pins anywhere, but you 
that didn't got happen. them from a <laughs> from a from a essentially a stranger yeah. in another state. Yeah. That's that's pretty it's that's pretty a, great. It's such a wild and fun act. But the, I, I wish I could, you know, talk talk about everybody that I met. They were all delightful. Um very, very pleasant situation. Awesome. Um almost killed my son with some cookies. Uh so the uh Hilton gives you like warm cookies. That's kind of like their oh, their shtick. I know this deal. Yeah. So um I was like, Hey Archie, you want a cookie? Here you go. Takes a bite of it. And he, oh, while he's got it in his mouth, he's like, does it have nuts in it? And I'm like, I don't oh, know. Crap. Yes, it did. Oh, no. Walnuts, which we okay. don't know if he's allergic to those or not. We okay. know he's allergic to peanuts. Mm. Um, so he was fine. He spit it out. Okay. But I'm like, oh, my God, you idiot. Uh, he's really good at the nuts thing. I'm like, surprised they default to well, I know. To nuts That's what Shannon like a, said. Thing, like, yeah. it seems like not a wise thing to do. Yeah. But, Just go straight up chocolate chip, man. That's the best way to go right? anyway. Right? Yeah. So So my degree is in property management and I like had to work at like different apartment complexes and stuff like that all the time. I had my realtor's license too. And like baking cookies, that was just like, you're always baking cookies because it smells good. Mm -hmm. But the problem is you're always baking cookies. And if you have a sweet tooth like me (laughs) and you were were in college (laughs) and very active, I was eating cookies. Yeah. (laughs) I gained some weight because of the cookies. Oh man. Anyway. Yep. Um, and then uh, we got to take a lunch break between the pens. Uh, Shannon and Archer were kind of doing other stuff. Um, they wanted to go swimming at the hotel. So during our lunch break, you know, before coming back for the pen show, they wanted to pick up some swim swimsuits. Um, nice. So we went on a little excursion after we went to the food court and went to the Lego store for Archer um, to try to find some swimsuits for them. Uh, went to a, a Target, feeling like that was a, great, a good bet. Um, it was near um, the... Uh, uh, UNC campus, I think. I don't know, one of those campuses. And it was like this tiny little college person target that was like smaller than, it was like, I don't know, it was small. No <laughs> swim trunks, no swim oh, no. wear of any kind. Like it had a little parking deck that probably fit like 20 cars in it. Oh my gosh. And we're like, what is this? I've never been to a target that small. I, I had never. I had never. There was that one in Charleston that I told you about. Like that was small, mm. but not mm. this small. Wow. So didn't get some there, went on a quest to find that. Eventually, mm. you know, Shannon wanted me to be able to get back to the show. So they went out later to Walmart and got some stuff, but not before okay. going to the wrong hotel again. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, well, yeah, it was, it was a, well, there's a, apparently a lot of double tree hotels in the Raleigh area. Oh, okay. So well, yeah. it's a college town. I imagine when they have like basketball games and yeah. stuff like that, there's a ton of people that flood in. Yeah. So. Um, hmm. but, uh, I also got to visit, um, the comic shop that I went to a lot and had friends that, you know, worked there when I was living in Raleigh back hmm. in 2003, um, Capital Comics 2. And, uh, my friend Sequoia, who was working there in 2003, still working there. No way. So I was super excited to see him. Um, I walk in thinking I'm going to be all like stealthy and be like, Hey, do you remember me? As soon as I walk in the door, he just yells, Drew, Drew! <laughs> like, really I'm like, Oh my God. Hi. Um, did he know you were coming? No. No. So you haven't been there in 20 years? I mean, he follows me on Instagram. You know, we, we DM every now and then about comics, but... Um, Still, he's not expecting you to just randomly walk no, in his he was store. not. He was not. I, I, he might have seen me walk past it because I'm like, where's the door? Is this one the door? Good on him, man. So, yeah. Wow. But the, the um, interesting thing was that our other friend, Tommy, who ran an independent record label, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, uh, actually ended up buying the comic shop. So it's like this... It, like that. That's It's kind of this wow. weird, like... If you if you had like a sitcom going and you did like a sitcom reunion and like oh look 
We all hung out at this coffee shop and we were friends. But now, in the future, this person ended up buying the Tommy coffee shop. Tommy bought the coffee right. shop. Like it's that, now Tommy's coffee shop. Right. Like, that doesn't happen <laughs> in real life. This, it was Apparently like, it does. I know. It was like walking back into like a little, you know, storyline. That's kind of cool. And yeah. So, and Good he was like, you, yeah. Tommy. He was like, Tom, Tommy owns the shop now. I was like, wait, what? So he was there just bagging and boarding, you know, um, comics like. Living the dream. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. So overall, it was a good trip. Um, had a good time. Shannon and Archer could not have cared less about the actual pen show itself. They went and did their own I'm thing. Sure. And I'm sure. Yep. Um, we were talking to the uh, rep- representatives from Pilot, and uh, they asked Shannon, like, so what, what sort of fountain pens do you like? And she just looks at me like, oh. I was like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, good luck with that, honey. Give her a free pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, got back to Richmond just enough time to have Archer go to a uh, birthday party at one of the trampoline parks over here. Oh, nice. So dropped him off there, ran a couple errands, got some Taco Bell, sat in the parking lot, ate some tacos, went back and got him. By yourself? Yes, I had some lonely lonely taco snack, which was amazing. I feel like when you have it in a group, it's a little more acceptable. It's kind of like drinking. It's like if you're eating Taco Bell alone, that's just a little sadder. Oh, no, it was amazing. (laughs) I couldn't have been happier. Although they forgot my fire sauce so i was a little bit unhappy oh but um yeah taco snack and then uh yeah been sewing on uh, more patches to my jean jacket all right i am having a problem with ebay and etsy right now just buying i'm buying too many patches oh not like you're running into like issues with getting no i'm running i'm running into self-control issues oh that's shocking i'm very surprised (laughs) to hear about this with your well the thing is found obsession i'm trying to create my layout intentionally and mm. I don't know where to put what until I get more and then I'm going to know that I can you know? understand the challenge. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I, I could put this here, but I, I'm, I know I'm going to want this other thing later and that could go there, but I need to know, mm. you know, I kind of need to, you can't exactly like rearrange them easily. You could, either. but you could pop the threads out and move yeah. it, but that's kind of a lot it is. of work. It yeah. is. So, um, I did get both a waffle house and a taco bell patch though. So <laughs> of course those did. are ready to go. That's that's on brand. So um, I'll share a picture with y'all about my progress thus far, but uh, yeah. it's happening. It's rolling, rolling. Are you still right feeling along. good about the color? Because I know it was a bit. I am acid wash. I am. But is it, it is it getting better as you get, add more patches? It's getting better. And okay. honestly, I'm just like so proud of it. I don't care anymore. Like yeah. I'm just getting like really excited. Like look what I did. I wrote. I started yeah. out with some patches. Yeah. Look at my thing. But also, don't pay attention to me. Like pay attention to me, but don't don't let me know you're paying attention to me. Mm. Like people people always say like why do you, you like, do you want attention with these crazy shirts you wear? I'm like, no. I mean, yes. I want you to notice my cool shirt. Yeah. But, but don't acknowledge me. Don't, don't. Oh. Like, it's this weird, like, being right on the board of introvert, extrovert. Like. Yeah. Yes, notice me. Think my shirt is cool, but don't talk to me about it. Oh. That's a, that's a, that's a. It's kind of like when you get it. You're threading the needle. I know. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> like, it depends. Like, if you see me somewhere, yeah, whatever. Talk to me. I don't care. Yeah. But. Like, like when you get a haircut, you know, it's like, yeah, like, I'm glad you noticed my haircut, but you don't need to tell me about it. Right. Like, you don't know, like, hey, I, haircut. I'm like, like, yeah, okay. I, I know I got my haircut. Yes. Thank yes. You. I'm aware of got my haircut. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like today I matched my shoes to my shirt really well. And I told Margaret that she's like, okay, come here, show me. I'm like, all right, let me show you my shoes. Do you want to see my shoes, Brian? I haven't seen your shoes yet. I got wow. orange okay. and orange. And then look at this. Orange. I, I see that now. Huh? I didn't see it earlier. There we go. Sneaking up behind me. Don't act like you noticed me though. All so, right. See, I might look. You might think I want you to pay attention to me. 
based on what I just did. Okay. I don't. All right. So stop it. I don't know what to do with this information, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll just continue doing whatever it is that I'm normally <laughs> going to do anyway and let you deal with it. <laughs> I don't understand myself, Brian. All right. And that, that's that's uh, pretty much it. I got Archer, uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. He's been playing that. Oh. I've been playing Zelda. Link. I'm very familiar with this. Yeah. Not because I've yet to touch one controller yeah. or make it as a movement, but Rachel and Joseph are yeah. both playing oh. it, sharing a card. Archer's, and, Archer's loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing Zelda Link to the Past, but I gave up on it. I'm just like, I got super annoyed with it. I was almost at the end mm. and I get to this last dungeon and I can't beat the boss because I need an ice rod. This mm. is a Super Nintendo game. All right. So it doesn't hold your hand. I get that. But... I can't now, to get the ice rod, I need to go all the way back out of the dungeon, which yeah. is annoying because it was a difficult one to get through with For all sure. these puzzles and keys and stuff. Yeah. And there's some random mountain somewhere with a crack in it. I got to use a bomb and open up the crack and get the ice rod that's in there. No one told me that there was an ice rod in there. No. When I entered the dungeon, a little message said, hey, don't go any further unless you've got extra magic. So I'm like, oh, great. Okay, let me go and fill up one of my jars with some magic juice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks for telling me that. Guess what I didn't need? The whole dungeon was an extra magic, extra magic juice. juice. But they didn't say, oh, also, you can't complete this at all without getting a freaking ice rod. So I, I'm like, no, I'm done. This is bad. I tried to like Zelda. I don't. Well, you picked like a super old version no, of it. No, Link to the Past is supposed to be like one of the best ones. Oh, is it? I just oh. don't. It's just too puzzly. Zelda's too puzzly for me. Oh, okay. I don't want keys and gates and buttons and secret passages. I don't. Mm-mm. But it's not that way anymore. Like there's, yeah, there's, there's still a, a lot of there's puzzles. a lot of puzzles and a lot of and stuff. There's also to do. not enough narrative for but me. It's very open format. I like a strong narrative. I like okay. a lot of voice actors. Yeah, you're. It's too. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to get through Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it, but it's not for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's what's happening with Drew Brown. I feel like I'm really boring compared to all that you got going on. Well, I'm also exhausted, so. Well, I resonate with that. Um, yeah, you're still exhausted. I'm still exhausted. I just didn't do anything. Uh, that's not true. Um, kids are in their last week of school. So the schedule is pretty ridiculous because it's exam week. So it's like shorter shorter school day, but like two classes a day. And they Is have, every day different or is every day the same? Yeah, it's every day is different. Oh. So it's like they have whatever, eight classes or whatever. But it's like two each day. So each day is different. Some of them, if they pass like their SOL test or whatever, they don't have the exam. And my kids go to two different schools anyway because of their age. So basically this entire week, I mean, Rachel's taking the brunt of it. But this entire week is like the carpool is blown up. So forget getting help. You know, her and I are trying to share as much as we can. But she's just like driving constantly right now Mm. because the schedule is so wacky. So but it's a few days and then it'll all be over and it'll be summertime for them. And then they'll be home all the time. And that will be nice because we won't have to drive them anywhere nice. really at all. They don't want to do like any structured activity this summer. We're like trying to brainstorm of things that they're interested in. And they just, they're both kind of introverted and just want to chill. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, how do I not have them just have their heads buried in screens the entire summer? So yeah. we're coming up with ideas. But um, yeah, Let me know how that goes. Yeah. I will let you know how it goes. <laughs> where what I aspire to do and what I'm actually able to execute is do wildly different things. Maybe a lot of lunchtime hot dogs, huh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. But I don't know. We'll see. Hot dog sandwich. They're good kids. Um I had my half day. Talked about because so, so Ellie had like something later, like after school. So we both kids like didn't get home till like four thirty. Oh, the awards thing? 
No, there was some other thing. There was like a party or whatever or something afterwards. I can't remember what it was at this point because it's all a blur. Um, But yeah, we had like Rachel and I both home on a half day with no work for like four straight hours. And we were like, "Uh, what do we do with ourselves? Because that's just not normal for us. So we were like, you know, (laughs) it was so funny because I walked by, you know, like Adrian and a bunch of like customer care folks and they were like, day date like oh you should go to the you know go to the winery and whatever and I'm i was like, there yeah i was there you were while, there i was you, there you while were, they were saying you were just that. listening and you were just like rachel wouldn't do any of these things i was like don't why are you telling me i was like go down to like vmfa and this is not you know, a ghoulie activity and i was like no no, no stop saying these things happening. y'all well then we had like the the there was the there's the canadian wildfires that are going on and the wildfire smoke reached all the way yeah, down to last Virginia. Week was gnarly. This was when all that was happening. Mm. So it was like, yeah, oh, go outside. There's like picnic. all these recommendations. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's like a, sounds great. <laughs> it's like a air quality red yeah. right now. Like we're not going outside. <laughs> like so, all well intended, but it was just like when I actually got to like, hey Rachel, what do you do? She was like, I just want to like chill and yeah. not work and not have stress. And I was like, yeah. cool. My recommendation so we just, was like, spend time together. Chill. My recommendation she played Tears of the Kingdom, to, uh, you know. Yeah, my recommendation was to go watch Fast and Furious together. <laughs> Even just going to a movie theater, she's just not yeah. interested in that anymore. Her, her her interests are very narrow and not very broad at this point. So yeah. she knows what she likes. She's playing Tears of the Kingdom. I pretty much just chilled with her while she did that. There you go. I played Bloons Two D Six. Yep. Just relaxed. I knocked out some just personal emails and various things. So it was cool. We had a great chill day. It was exactly what the mental health phase for. You don't have to do a bunch of crazy stuff. Nope, no rules. Um, yeah, the wildfire smoke thing was kind of weird. That was crazy for a couple of days there. Um, we had like, it wasn't like what you saw in the news in like New York City with like the orange No, sky it just looked like almost. fog. It was very foggy and I could smell it. I could actually smell it a couple of days yeah. before we had the air quality things. Because, like, people around us, they have, like, wood-burning stoves and stuff like that. Sometimes I walk outside and I can, like, smell it immediately. Because I'm just like, oh, like, Mm. that wood-burning smell. I love that smell. So good. Just breathing in all the creosote. It's like, mmm, give it to me. Um, No, but I smelled it, like, a couple days ahead of time before I had read anything in the news or heard about it. And I was like, oh, man, somebody's got a – I was like, so weird. Why would they have a wood-burning stove when it's, like, 80 degrees outside? And then the wildfire stuff, and I was like, oh, crap, I was smelling the wildfires. Like, I'm smelling Canada yeah. in ash form. Yikes. So I hope y'all, hope y'all are okay there. I know we got some Canadians in our audience, and that's sort of up near my ancestors' homeland up that way. So what, what kind of um, crazy. What area? What, uh, so my, my, my grandfather and back further from Quebec. Okay. So French, French-Canadian. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't think that's right where it was. It was more like, uh, I don't know all the provinces, but more on the East Coast. Quebec is a little further further west than that. But still, tons. It was like 8.4 million square acres or 8.4 million acres or something like that were on fire. It was crazy. It's crazy. Um, So anyway, that was kind of crazy. In fact, we had... We actually had an issue here. This was like as that stuff was kind of happening, I hadn't like heard specifically about that, but we had an issue because our fire alarm in our building, this is more detail than you need, but it, it has a cellular connection and the signal was actually kind of getting blocked and it was losing connection because of all the particulate in the air. And I didn't make that connection until a little bit later, but like our, our emergency backup like alarm kept going off in the building on Wednesday 
And I was just like, what in the world is wrong with this system? And it's been finicky before. We had to troubleshoot it a bunch. Oh, yeah. But then when I kind of heard from everybody, I was like, oh, wildfires. I was like, oh, I bet it's the smoke is messing with the signal. That's crazy, but it happens. Mm. So that was kind of wild. Weird, weird week last week. Um, And then um, I have the thing that I have been doing. Um, Been working on my driveway. Very exciting so I have a paved driveway. This time of year happens, like all the pollen's over, but there's like a caked up pollen all over the driveway. And I have to seal the driveway every couple of years to just keep it protected and stuff like that. So this year I was like, it needs to be sealed. I need to like power wash the pollen off of it because it's that like ingrained onto there. So I was like, I've got this this cool thing. So I have, I have a pretty decent sized power washer especially because I have to do this project, but I have this thing that's called a spinner. So it's like an 18 inch round thing on wheels. It connects to the end of my power washing wand and it's got two like high pressure heads and the thing with the water pressure, it spins around. Oh, nice. So when you're trying to clean large flat surfaces like that, you basically just have to hold the wand and you walk around. Oh, that's cool. And just wave it back and forth. So back in a previous life, when I power washed with my dad, we use this spinner like all the time. So I bought one personally because I was like, no way am I going to power wash a nearly 12,000 square foot driveway by hand with a wand. That would be exhausting. It still took me seven hours to do the whole project because it's really long. And it, it got to the point where like I didn't have enough hoses <laughs> to, oh. to reach the end of the driveway. So I actually have like a 50 gallon tank that my my dad's retired from power washing but he had a leftover tank small tank that he gave to me so i fill the tank with water and then i haul it up and as long as there's you know a couple of feet of gravity it'll it'll feed enough into the power washer so i can basically power wash wherever so i had to fill that a couple of times and so it's it's a whole project so i don't do it all the time for fun but i was able to knock it out in one day so kind of what you were speaking to earlier you know when you're we were talking about the book titles and stuff like that and just like how i just work all the time like my natural inclination even doing a project like that of course i'm exhausted after doing all this work and then i finished the day i was like man i really wish i could have done xyz like even working that hard my at the end of the day i'm like i wanted to do more today it's like just an ever-present feeling that i kind of just have to sit that is such that is like such a double-edged sword isn't it it is like to have that sort of drive and motivation you know you know, mm-hmm. help you complete tasks and achieve, but mm-hmm. also be such a, yeah. you know, you know, uh, uh, an enemy sometimes to your own physical well-being. Like, yeah, left, left unchecked. Yeah. It can be unhealthy. Yeah. Well, you, you know? do, you do a good job recognizing it and yeah, acknowledging I try it to. and, you know, knowing when. Therapy helps. Yeah. Knowing when, <laughs> when, when you're at your Meditation limit. helps and yeah. Yeah, all these things. But yeah, it's, it's just, but yeah, you're right. Like recognizing it, like I had a really hard day and it was hot and this was a lot of work and it's like, maybe I could have outsourced it, but I don't, there's, I don't really know. You're not, you're not sealing it like, yourself though, right? So I got a quote for sealing it. Come on, man. The quote, I had it sealed two years ago, but the price went up 33% Ooh. from where it was. So I was like, okay, this is actually getting pretty expensive. But it's like I have to seal it because otherwise the driveway itself is going to like crumble yeah. and get cracks and stuff. And then I'll have to replace the whole driveway. And mm. that's really expensive. So I was like, yeah. I got to try to preserve this. Um, so I I, I, oh, looked, no. I looked up the 
the cost and the estimated the amount of material material. So for me to seal my driveway, um, so they sell five gallon pails of the, the asphalt like sealant. So getting the good stuff, they say it's 10 year. It's really two, like two years, but getting, getting the good stuff, it would, it would require me to get 36 five gallon pails and then I would have to apply it. You can't spray it or anything. Well, here's what Not you with do. like you, household equipment. No, 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 you put it in the power washer and use the spinner. And just <laughs> that would that would be a much more convenient it. way to do it. But you know, it's <laughs> clog like, in three seconds. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's no way it would make it through. No, it wouldn't even. So it's like, yeah, when they when I've watched them do it, it's they got a heck of an operation. But I mean, like, so basically, so you're just, still going to have them do it, right? So just the material cost alone would be half of what I would pay to have them do it, and. I mean, it would probably be like three full days oh, for God. me to, yeah, because I would have to mix every bucket, you know, even with like a mixing tool on a drill, and then pouring it out and squeegeeing it. And You'd everything. probably end up buying. More and I'm not going to do. I'm You'd, not going to do as good a job as professionals would do because I don't do this right every day. You probably end up buying some like spinner drum thing or something like that and i mean anytime i can justify a tool I know, purchase i know especially on a project that size like uh-huh. that's that's basically how i got a lot of my tools oh i know you'd be like well it'll all be- the work on my house and it's just like yeah. well you know if it's gonna cost this much to hire yes. somebody to do it yes and then the raw materials are this and then if i have to buy this and this and this tool yeah you're gonna be like i'm okay. still coming out ahead or i'm breaking even yeah. but now i have these tools you're gonna buy some like asphalt drum that rotates and you're gonna be like okay well it, it's gonna cost a lot now but after a couple of years of doing this it will have paid for itself that is how i justify most of my things <laughs> this is also why i have like three sheds um yeah but I don't know. This one, especially coming right off of cleaning it. And I was like, I used equipment for that. But there is no equipment Mm -mm. that's going to make spreading that sealant any The only equipment is additional labor. And... My, I'm not getting my kids to do it because that is like, oh, talk about backbreaking. No, you got to hire. They're not going to be interested. So I was like, hire. yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to yeah. hire them to do it. But what I am doing, though, is there's all these like, cracks and stuff in there. And this is not interesting at all. I'm sorry. Mine's full of cracks. But... Um, so you can buy stuff to help fill those cracks. And they have some stuff that they can fill like small cracks, but there's some bigger, like I've got some webbing and parts of it and stuff like that. Cause there's like tree roots and stuff's kind of cracking places. But um, I am filling that with like the proper like fill stuff that you have to mix up and all that. But so I'm, I'm going through very thoroughly and patching all that stuff and then they'll come through and, and code it more properly. There so I'll go. feel really good once that's all done. So that's my new, <clears throat> that's my new nighttime hobby this week. Oh boy. It's just, I go home and we cook dinner and then the kids are off good doing their thing. And I go outside and I spread crack sealant for a couple hours and then call it a day. Meanwhile, Drew still doesn't have his front porch lights fixed. Oh gosh. So true. coming up on a year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's all right. At least you trim those bushes, right? Oh, the bushes looking good. Good. There yeah. You go. So just, you know. It's all right. You got to take the wins where you can get them. My my my, my to do <laughs> list is growing. I added caulk the kitchen sink today. Oh, oh, that's an easy one. I know that'd be satisfying. I've got a bunch of easy ones that I just okay. need to go to a hardware store and buy some stuff. For. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the fun part. Like the globe for Archer's fan. You know, it's just the bare light bulbs because I need another. Um, oh yeah, I, I got to get another replacement bowl. The glass orb, bowl the thing. I bought one, but it didn't have the second hole because it's got the fan chain and the light chain. Um, and I bought one with one hole, which I need to buy the two. Make yeah. another hole. Yeah. <laughs> On glass, you can. Where there's a will, there's a way. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Now with my drill bits. You probably. I know. Gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I do have a drill bit sharpener. If you ever need to 
restore your I'm drill sure bits, you by do. the way. I have like four different ways to sharpen drill mm-hmm. bits, actually. Mm-hmm. I have a drill doctor. Oh, my God. But I'm gonna, you know. Anyway, um, last but not least for my stuff. So I just had to show you all what my daughter worked on. So th- my daughter takes after me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many good ways and in some, you know, ways that are more interesting. Um, so, you know, we want we want our kids to get a diversity of experiences. And, you know, it's great to be able to like, watch YouTube videos and apply them and have entertainment and play video games and stuff like that. And I will say like, there's a lot more resources now for stuff that are on screens that I feel are like higher quality than what we grew up with. What we grew up with was like, oh, it's like Saturday. I would just watch TV and it'd be like, whatever's mm-hmm. on, watching commercials left and right. But no, I feel like now the stuff that my kids are watching, like they're playing video games where they're like puzzle solving and doing coding and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, and we steer them in that direction too. Um, so it was interesting because like Ellie likes to just like go off on her own and just like watch, you know, all these like crafting videos and stuff like that. But, you know, I was like trying to encourage her because she's like been doing that more lately. And I was like, can you like actually do some physical crafts? Like we have a crafting room and all this kind of stuff. Like let's, let's actually do it. So, you know, with some encouragement, she, you know, in timing wise, just decided on her own. She had seen a video of like taking hot glue and popsicle sticks and like building something. And she, she wanted to do it. So I was like, Oh, get the hot glue gun. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Build something. And I'm thinking she's going to build something, a little box or something like that. No, she, I don't know if she built exactly what was in the video, but I know she like used the video as a tutorial. She built this, I don't know what to call it other than a, a hamster mansion. It's like a two story house basically out of popsicle sticks and hot glue and i got the picture to throw up here it looks she amazing built it for our hamster it it's huge it looks like a beach, like, to me it looks like a beach house yeah it's like a, it's like a beach house yeah. vibe and it has like a little heart that she cut out in the door and the door swings open so the you know, she built this for our hamster That's which amazing kids love that hamster so she just built that whole thing and she did it i was thinking about like what i was like as a kid you know where i'd bring a bag of apples up to my room and not leave she kind of had that same vibe. And she build like build a, con- super... a Connects model that took up your entire dining room table. Yeah, I would do that. I would build the Connects roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I'm going to build this today. And I would start and I would stay in my room and build it and not come out until it was like done at dinner time. It'd be like 10 hours in a day. So she was there, I think, for nine straight hours because she had finished school early. So it was like 1230 or whatever, something like that. She started crafting this thing all day until like nine, nine thirty. That's amazing. My son she has never focused like, on something even half that long. She, she's when she's determined, man, she did it. And I oh, was like, man. we didn't teach her how to do this. She literally just, and I was like, Oh, she's got, she's got this from me. Oh yeah. Where she'll just like watch a tutorial of something and be like, I'm going to do that. Yep. And she friggin' does it. Yeah. So I was super impressed. This thing is like two, two and a half feet long. It looks amazing. It's like two feet tall. It feels like a whole 18 quart tub. It's massive. I'm like, this hamster is going to be able to like climb up on this thing and jump out. It's so big. So anyway, super impressed. And I just thought I'd share that. That was epic. So I was like, okay, maybe I can chill as a parent. She's clearly like got skills and ideas and creativity and all that kind of stuff. I don't need to press her too hard. I just need to like nudge her. That's a, that's something we always need to remind ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. But super cool. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what I've had going on. Yeah. If anybody cares, I've been flipping around a uh, um, half crown. This is a 1920 
half crown nice. with the uh, old George V. Ooh, all right. Good stuff. All right, we've got a couple of company updates and then we'll wrap this up. All right, first off, we're going to talk about the DC Pen Show, which oh. is not happening for six weeks or so, yeah, right? Early August. Early August. Um, we're going to be there. And we're going to be there in an official capacity. Not selling stuff, not going to have a table, but we are looking to have a time and a place to be at the DC Pen Show. With you, if you're there, so, maybe. I guess you could call it like a session. Yeah, it's a... It's I, not really a class. We're not. We're definitely not going to teach you anything. No. Whatever we're doing here is as much as what we would do there, if not less. Yeah. Um, but we were like, hey, you know, it's definitely helpful for us to give people a time and a place that will be so that they don't have to wander around the show all weekend wondering if they might see us. They can just make sure to be there. So I don't know if we have the official time yet. Maybe we'll give that more. But yeah, it's 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 looking it more or less locked in. At it's looking like it'll be Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, um, we're still kind of locking it down. But. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to get confirmation as the to the exact time, but um, it's looking like, you know, Sunday noonish probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll give you more official news of that <clears throat> as we get closer to it. And I think we're we're talking about trying to actually record a pencast mm-hmm. there. That's the plan. It might, it might some logistics even, of that. It might be pencast 100. It's going to be right around Depending there. Depending on like how things go. Maybe it will, maybe it won't be. I don't know. If we, if we have to cancel one for whatever reason, it won't be 100, but... Yeah. It's going to fall around that time. Maybe it will be. I don't we have know. other ideas for episode 100. Yeah, anyway. we're going to we're still going to talk about doing a live thing, yeah. but uh if it turns out to be 100 then okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're still looking at doing a live pencast at some point. This would not be that though. This yeah. would just be we'd be there if you wanted to also be there, great, but we'd record it and then publish it like a normal pencast. Yeah. Um just with uh more poor audio probably. You know, probably we'll, we'll try see. we'll see we'll try to do our best yeah we're gonna do something but it's hard when it'll be fine on the road and we don't normally go places yeah but it'll be my first pen show since covid like probably since i think since dc in 2019 maybe yeah it's been a while for me so i'm gonna be a little bit rusty but y'all come say hi yeah we'll be walking around yeah we'll probably do like a short pen cast you know maybe an hour and then like a little meet and greet just kind of like hang out say hi whatever yeah. There you go. High five. Um, other updates. So we published a video, Fountain Pen 101 Part 2, Parts of a Fountain Pen. We published that last week. So go check that out. Let us know. We're, we've shot episode three, which is pen cleaning and maintenance. This one's going to be a long one. So it's very robust. Yeah. Um, that we'll probably have published by next week. And then we're working on parts four and five as well. And then lastly, we're going to be closed this coming Monday to observe Juneteenth. Um, so you can check out Juneteenth.com to learn a little bit more about that if you're interested. And uh, let's wrap this thing up, Drew. All right. Wrap it up. I want to thank you all for watching. Please leave us some feedback, ask us questions, let us know how we're doing, and uh, we'll answer your questions on the show. Maybe. Uh, check out GoulayPens.com. We have some pens, ink, paper, other mm. things like that. You know, go check it out. And like and subscribe, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook. Where else are we? We're a lot of places. Um, random fun fact. Drew, are you ready? I got a fun fact about books. Mm, yeah. Since we got asked about autobiographies. Mm, tell me about books. Do you know how many books are published globally each year? Nine. It's definitely more than nine. Thousand. More than that. 5,600. 
663. More than that. Well, shucks. So according to UNESCO, there are about 2.2 million books published globally each year. I have no frame of reference for that. It's a lot. I've never seen 2 million of anything. It's a lot. You've seen 2 million grains of sand at the beach. Yeah, I can't process that information, Brian. I don't know how many two, I don't know how many grains of sand two million would be. Exactly. Probably, probably not that much. Probably like one sand pail's worth. Sand's pretty small. I don't know. Anyway. Quantities of anything tend to upset me. Um, so according to Google in 2010, which is kind of old data, but this is like the most comprehensive count of how many books exist in the world. So they did one in 2010. Do you know how many books existed in the world, according to Google, this and now the, you have you have to nuance what you consider to be a book because it's like if it's self-published, is it you know a republishing of an existing work? So not is physical, it, you know, not physical tomes. We're talking individual. Yeah, I think it, I think it, they include like okay. eBooks and stuff like that too. So it's I don't think it's necessarily so paper say, books. I'm gonna say, but like unique written works that you would qualify as a book. Two Sagan units. It's not that many. Okay, one Sagan unit. Not that many. All right. What's that? Four billion or two billion is a Sagan unit? Yeah. Right. Or is it four billion? Two. It's four billion. Is four billion because it's billions and billions. Billions right? and billions. Yes. So it's at least four million. That's the Sagan. All right. Four, four um, billions. Um, all right. Let's see. So nine. I'll save you from your. I'll save you from your pain. So according right. to 2010, they calculated that around 130 million books existed in the world at that time. So do the math, add, you know, 2.2 million each year since then. You're looking at around 155 million books written to date based on somebody's estimates who did more math than I did. And 100 million of them are just bought written Amazon books. <laughs> I was going to say that number is probably going up a whole yeah. lot since ChatGPT came yep. out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. You probably get 2.2 million a day with <sighs> this garbage coming out, but... Anyway, I just thought that was interesting in case you were like, yeah, Drew and Brian should write an autobiography. It's like, why not? Just add to this 2.2 million. Who cares? Let's do it. I want you to write a fiction book, Brian. A fiction book? High fantasy. I probably could because <laughs> no, I probably couldn't. It would be incredibly original. It would be because original. Because you have, you have I, no, you have no, no preconceived point of notion. <laughs> or it wouldn't be original at all. It would be the most tropist... <laughs> Like generic sounding thing. Oh, I am so here for that. Yeah. Oh my God. I want that. Yes. And the the dragon <laughs> used magic <laughs> to rescue the captive. Oh man, yes. And the hero raised up his sword and said, Huzzah! Huzzah! Oh God, this is gold. I will slay the magic dragon. What's the dragon's name? The dragon's name is Falcor. <laughs> Wait, that's... Probably trademarked from 1980. Oh, this is 80, solid gold. Uh, 84 is is it is 84. That's 84. Yes, it okay, is. I wanted to say it was 84. And I did not add it to my 1984 shelf because okay. it is sad. Oh wait, no, it is there. Never mind, I take it back. But it is still sad Isn't and upsetting. Sad, traumatic. No, I didn't block it out. Mm -hmm. No, it was character building. Oh, God, it's no character building. We're talking about the never-ending story. In case you didn't pick yeah, up on that, well, 80s wanted to traumatize me. Rachel, Rachel. Don't I even get say, me started on all dogs go to heaven, because God, they were like, trying to they were trying to break my soul as a, a kid. One. 101 Dalmatians, how Homeward about that Bound, one? Bambi, everything's oh, yeah. just oh God, Old Yeller. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. These are all character building things. No, it teaches, it teaches kids to deal with the hardships of life. Mm -mm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trauma does not equal wisdom. No, the whole thing with Neverending Story, it's about not losing your like sense of imagination. They don't That's need, the whole thing with they don't the nothing need. is just like, if you don't have any sense of imagination, you'll just get consumed you with nothing. You don't need equine suffering to achieve that, Brian. I listened to a YouTube video recently. We're on a tangent now. You can- This is the turkey st- hammock zone. You can stop listening if you want. Turkey hammock? Uh, you know what I learned is that the the actor kid, I don't remember his name, who played- Sebastian? Se- not Sebastian. The other one. The uh, one in the Atreyu? Atreyu. Yeah. Who, what was the horse's name? Buckwheat. Artex or something like that. Um, anyway, so the kid that played Atreyu, he almost didn't get to go in the movie because he like had some accident, like got thrown off the horse or something like that or like hurt his back or something like mm. that and almost couldn't do it. But they were able to make it work. Um, they actually gave him the horse after the movie was oh, over. That's and, nice. But he was from Spain or something like that Ooh. and couldn't like take a horse overseas. Oh. So he gave, who did he give the horse to? He gave the horse to somebody else who would like help to the movie or something like that. And so it was just like a very heartfelt kind of that thing. Nice. Like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I've heard stories like that before where an actor like adopted the dog from the show or something like yeah. that. And yeah. that's always pleasant. Yeah. It was kind of cool. A little behind the scenes there. Never oh, any yeah. story. But I will say Rachel gives me a hard time because she does not, she does not like most of the movies that I liked as a kid. Now she had a sister. So I think she just didn't watch any movies that, maybe traditionally boys might be interested. Like I loved Sword in the Stone. That was oh, like my yeah. favorite Disney movie and like Rob, Robin Hood and stuff like that. And she's like, any chance I she's get, she's like, okay, I like, I'll tolerate those, you know. Any chance I get, <laughs> I call a chain fiendish and I call crockery confounded. <laughs> confounded. Confounded crockery. Yes. You fiendish chain, you. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love the word soothsayer. Yeah. Prognosticator. There you go. That's a very informative yeah, movie. It's a good one. Archimedes. I loved the Brave Little Toaster. That mo- that movie's weird. It's tra- that's traumatic too. I, it's I wa- I loved that movie as a kid. Rachel's parents got that. They got me a copy of it on VHS. I watched it a lot this as well in college. I was like 21, 22, and I was like, "Oh, Rachel, I love this movie as a kid. I hadn't seen it in a while." I was like, "Let's sit down and watch it together." And I watched it again. And I was like. Oh, that movie's weird. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't know why I liked that movie so, so much. So did I. I. My brothers and I watched it all the time. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, why? It's so traumatic. I don't know. But anyway, I love that. I love The NeverEnding Story. Watched it many times. Yeah. There, I've, there are I've, I've literally had the theme song from NeverEnding Story stuck in my head for two days now. Oh, my God. I can't I can't get it out. Wow. It's so catchy. My, my, my palate cleansing song is Prince Ali from Aladdin. That's a good one. I use that to clean to clean any earworm out of my head. Okay. If I've got something in my head, Prince Ali, and it's gone. I'm like, all right, that's in my head now. Prince, Ali, Prince Ali takes care of our business. I need to go to cleanser. I'll tell you. What happens if the cleanser gets stuck in your head, though? Oh, that's fine. I'm always fine with Prince Ali. Oh. Mighty is he. Ali Ababwa. Strong as 10, regular men. Definitely. <laughs> I, that's the movie. That's, I think that movie, Aladdin, is the movie I've watched more times than any other movie. I think I've seen it. Mine um, is the original 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. How many times have you seen it? Did you count? Billions and billions. <laughs> a Sagan unit's worth? I actually kept count because when I got the copy of Aladdin, I was in sixth grade, I want to mm-hmm. say. It was like over winter break. I just watched it on repeat. And I was like, oh, I really like this movie. I'm just going to watch it a bunch and I'll just start counting how many times I watch it. I think I'm up to like, <clears throat> I don't remember the exact number now, 
but I think I'm in the low 90s, like 92 or something wow. like that. It's a lot. That's almost the year it came out. Almost. Came out in 93? Yeah, I think this is the episode. Hey, Aladdin, there you go. We're getting there. 93 is widely regarded as like the best year in movies. Oh. Yeah. Really? I personally think it's 84, but 93 has a very strong case. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. We should talk about that some more and keep everybody from going about their day. Yeah, definitely. Two hours, 20 minutes isn't long enough. That's all right. Y'all have enjoyed this. So anyway, that's all we got for this week. (laughs) That's all we got. Thanks so much for watching and right on. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.